Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong! I just totally got uh, uh, sidetracked. A video was on my screen, and I was totally not paying attention. But we're welcome to Silver and Gold. This is the loaf, and with me, Doctor Zahn. Hey. Yeah, it's been a while since P.S. has grazed our e- uh, grazed grazed. Gra- grazed our ear holes. Grazed in our ear holes. We are getting old. We got we got so some gross. some things to graze on in there. Uh, this week we're doing uh, we're back to the double features. This won't last long. Probably won't do it again next week. But we have a high school sports, high school athletes, a coming of age in the high school athletic field. Double feature, baby. Uh, Vision Quest from 1985 and All the Right Moves from 1983. Two movies I had never seen before. Vision Quest had been on the radar. All the Right Moves. Tell you the truth, never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> you never heard of it. You were so kinda, sheltered. Kind of like most people with our show, I had never heard of this at all. So, drama, romance, sport. Released on my birthday in the year of 1983. I was seven. Okay, uh, we'll get to those soon. Zom, how are you, sir? I are fine. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's great. Uh, just... It's been nice out. Uh, got to go ride on the motorcycle and uh, just chill like a villain. Pretty boring week for me. Really boring week. A uh, new iPhone comes out tomorrow, so that's exciting, I guess. I don't have to work for a change. Yay! I'm excited about that. Um, I ordered a new case because I'm going to get the new phone this time. I, bu- I, got, I put... Uh, uh, I used I uh, used my Photoshop skills and cut out a piece of the uh, Street Fighter, the Sonny Chiba Street Fighter movie poster, and fin- finagled that onto a case. So that's on the way. So I'll have some some of the chibber on my cell phone case. Um, yeah. Other than that, I've been just still reading, uh, not watching a ton of movies, and doing doing whatever, going to work. Eating shitty food and coming home and sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. That's just um, life once you get to be a certain age, you know. Yeah, uh, and I hit that about two, three years ago. So yeah, you're done. <laughs> it's all over. Yeah, you, you know, what was that Tom Cruise movie that they changed the name of a billion times about, like, a restart, uh, <laughs> die, kill? Live, die, repeat, yeah. edge of tomorrow, yeah. Why the fuck did they do that? Uh, I mean, Jesus Christ. Oh, it'd be people know what it is. Why didn't they just like make a a, a, a title that said Tom Cruise 
keeps reliving the same day over and over and over trying to kill aliens and that could be that whole long set you know that's just fucking stupid yeah it was a good movie too it was i don't know why i don't think i've ever seen a movie get the the name of it change after it came out at home i'm not sure i remember that just dumb they should have called the movie full metal bitch yeah yeah uh what have you been watching this week well, let's just get right into it. Okay. <laughs> I watched a movie with Richard Gere and Kim Basinger and Uma Thurman and Keith David, and it's called 1992's Final Analysis. Mm. And Richard Gere is a uh, is a sexy uh, psychiatrist. And uh, <laughs> let me tell you something, people. I bought this for $2.22 in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I have not seen it since it probably came out. Um, Kim Basinger is so stunningly good-looking that when she appears on the screen, I was like, holy shit. Okay. <laughs> then she has a sex scene with Richard Gere, and he's on top. And you see, like, his naked ass kind of doing the thrust thing. And I was like, holy shit. His ass was like a woman's ass. And then <laughs> and then her boobs were like a woman's boobs. So I got Whoa. confused. That's weird. <laughs> but then the hot but, – but then the person that stole the whole movie was Eric Roberts. Dig it. And he was a real just – I don't know. He played Kim Basinger's husband and he mm. made her do stuff to him when she didn't want to. And it was really cool. <laughs> and, uh, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I, I'm yeah. still trying to figure out Keith David was a cop and, uh, he has something that he's in his mouth all the time. And I don't know if it was a, like a slim Jim or beef jerky or if it was a little cigar. Cigarillo. Yeah. But you don't touch another man's fries. It's not a bad movie. It's not great or anything, but it's it's a definite. Uh, when you watch it, it's it's kind of has that late '80s feel. You know mm-hmm. the the uh, what do they call it? Is that like a thriller, uh, an erotic thriller? Erotic thriller, yeah. Yeah, erotic. You know what's uh, the, now that you say that? Yes, I dr- dreamt that I um, and now I'm totally. Blanking on the name of the movie again. It was really weird in this dream. I dreamed that, um, not Basic Instinct. Um, it's I want one I watched recently, Fatal Attraction, with Michael Douglas and Glenn Close. Yes, yes. I dreamt that I was at a party and I met Glenn Close. Ooh. And I, and I really wanted to tell her how much I enjoyed Fatal Attraction because I had just seen it the first time. And I was like, I really loved you in, and in my brain, I could not fucking think of the name <laughs> of the movie. And I was like, in in the dream, there was just this awkward pause for like a minute where I'm just like, yeah, what's up? And then I woke up. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like you were at a party and she came over and like started hitting on you and and <laughs> wanted to fuck you, but you were like, oh my god, I know what she did like to that rabbit. Um, speaking of dreams okay now i'm sure i've mentioned on this podcast before that i had these strange i think they're dreams of like bugs crawling on the wall Mm. and spiders and shit like that i'm laying in bed and i swear to god now i say this every time because i think i'm awake but i'm pretty sure that i'm asleep Mm -hmm. and i just don't realize it I look at, I'm in the room, I'm bedroom I'm in right now, and I see this fucking blackbird. 
<laughs> and I'm like, oh my fucking God, how in the hell did a goddamn bird get in here? Now what am I going to do? And it flew across the room. <laughs> it like stuck to the side of the of the wall up by the ceiling, and then as I sit there and looked at it, I was I was thinking they're thinking, how am I going to get this fucking thing out of here? Did I leave the window open or whatever? And it just it just disappeared, and that's what usually happens. Think like I'll see something, and when I stare at it, then it just disappears. But I'm wondering, okay, number it's either a some kind of deep psychological thing, problem that's causing me to have these all the time, or it could be the medication I'm on, or maybe there is, maybe there are ghosts and stuff like that, and this fucking house is fucking haunted. So I don't know. But with that, I watched. Okay, I've got in another big TV mode because some of these shows that I watched are on um, the in demand on Comcast for free, uh, which like FX, uh, The Strain. I started the second season of that, and I'm telling you what, people, these goddamn vampires are motherfuckers. And there's some <laughs> shit that happened at the at the, probably the fourth episode of the second season, and I was like, oh my god! I mean, it was just awful. What the ugh, ugh. But this, I like the I like the the uh, the show, and it's based on a um, I think it's based on a uh, graphic novel. So I've been following that one. Some people hate it, but I like it. I like it. Um, I, I watched, um, finished up the first season of Gotham, uh, and the second season actually just started and I missed it the first night it was on, which was Monday night at, I think eight o'clock. And, um, so, cause I thought it was on at nine. And so then I looked and like the day, a day later, two days later, it's on that episode is on Comcast. And so I watched that it's, uh, Gotham Rise of the Villains, and it was fucking good. I dig Jim Gordon. He is cool and badass. Daddy-o. Yeah, daddy-o. Uh, let's see. The next thing I watched, I started a new series called Minority Report based on the Philip K. Dick uh, book and the movie. Uh, now, it's got – did you see uh, Inside uh, Lewin Davis? Yes. Okay, you know the, the soldier guy that Lewin really – can't stand because he's real wholesome yeah he's like one of the he's like the main the main like seer or whatever the pre-cop mm-hmm. and uh then uh this chick uh, uh megan good holy shit who <laughs> wow. is she fucking hot she has a nice body she's the cop she's a cop and she has those eyes that like the mechanical eyes and shit and then this dude nick zano who was in like uh i think it might have been that one movie where the the guys in the car have a CB radio. It's like him and Steve Zahn, maybe. And they're fucking with the trucker, and the trucker starts stalking him. But he reminds me of Brad oh, yeah. Pitt in this. And so anyway, so far, it's pretty good. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it again. Um, is now Does it pick up like does – it, is it, does it run – is it the same story as well, the movie? Well, the gist of it is that um, I think there were two or three precogs, and they – like escaped. So, uh, got, so it's kind of a parallel kind of, it's a different yeah, story. Just kind of set in the same. Davis is one of the, when he was a kid, they escaped and he's one of those, one of those ones. And he still sees those visions and shit. Mm. And so then, um, he's haunted by him and he wants to help, but he doesn't want to get captured or caught. And then that, uh, Megan good with her fine ass, uh, and everything <laughs> else is a cop. And so she's kind of, 
working with him. Uh, let's see. And then there's some other thing right at the end. It was the first episode. Right at the end, they threw in something that's kind of different. And I was <laughs> like, ooh, this could be compelling. Uh, I did watch Killing the Killing of a Chinese Bookie. Yeah. Uh, now, I will say this. Um, I think it, uh, now, I guess on the Criterion, there's two versions. There's the first version that he put out, which was really long. Yeah. And then the second version, which is one he cut, and then they moved things around. Now, I think the one, this one had to be the long one. It was like two hours. Right? It was fucking long. <laughs> and there was some shit. It, I know what Cassavetes was going for when he would show like a lot of the, the acts and yeah, shows yeah. and stuff because it, they were really bad and everything. But it was just showing what what was going on and, and that lifestyle and that, it, right. you know, the acts were pretty crappy and everything. There were some fine ass fucking big boobies in this. <laughs> and, um, but I do think it could have been trimmed down. Yeah. Um, and I did like, uh, Tim Carey. I, what's his name? Seymour Casal didn't bother me that much. He didn't bother me either. I just didn't seem very tough to me. Yeah. Uh, well, he, well, he's not a scary person, even though he was supposed to be one. Yeah. But sometimes those are the ones that can, yeah, wait. I uh, watched uh, Harry Tracy, The Last of the Wild Bunch with uh, Bruce Dern and Gordon Lightfoot, the singer. Uh, it's a pretty good movie. I bought that one at uh, Horror Hound 2. Haven't seen it in a long time. And it's it's pretty good. You know what it reminds me of? It, you know, when you think of The Wild Bunch, you think of William Holden, Ernest Borgnine, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. This one is more as far as the feel and and what kind of movie it is is like the Gray Fox that we did with Richard Farnsworth. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he's like an outlaw and he's he's past his time, but then he meets a woman. Blah blah blah. It is a true story. Farnsworth is another one. I don't think he could ever be scary. Eh, he was in his voice. It just isn't very. Like, he was a bounty that, like... hunter in Papillon. He was one of the ones that was chasing Steve McQueen. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, I digress. He has a giant mustache. Bruce Stern had a pretty good mustache in this. Oh, let's see. Oh, my. Come on. Go backwards, bastard. Back, back, back. Maybe I'll have to use my notebook to look at. Um, Ice cream book. Confidence uh, with Ed Burns, Rachel Weiss, Dustin Hoffman. Did I t- I, for some reason, I'm thinking I said that one last week, maybe. He I uh, kind of I feel like you said talked about Rachel Vice because I think I said something like it had it and it, he talks like this, and he's the head guy, in it. <laughs> and then Andy Garcia is in it too. Uh, Dustin Hoffman is the bad guy, and it's kind of like a con thing where they're doing the long con to to fuck over uh, Dustin Hoffman or so. Mm-hmm. It's it's not bad. I've seen it before, and I watched one called China Gate, which was the uh, and I might have mentioned that one. I, for some reason, I'm having deja vu. But that's the uh, Sam Fuller movie with Angie Dickinson. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned that. And Lee Van Cleef, and they both play Chinese people. I think you played that. I think you mentioned that. So anyway, so most most of my time was taken up with those uh, TV shows again. So yeah, this might have to start becoming a gentleman's guide to something. (laughs) To midnight in demand TV watching. Yes. So what Um, have you been watching? I watched well right after we recorded. I mentioned that I wanted to, so I did it. I watched Kelly uh, Che Contano or Cry of a Prostitute. Oh, 
Um, I haven't seen this one in a while. Boucher is hot. I'll tell you what, it, I was kind of halfway paying attention to it this time. Silva's pretty awesome, but I got really fucking lost in the story this time because I was like looking away at times. I didn't like that kid that was always clopping around. The, um, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good one. I mean, if it's, it's a good Silva movie, I don't know if it's a great movie. Nah, but Silva's pretty but it's, awesome. It. It's, yeah. it's a fucking iconic in our stupid community. It is. And, uh, <laughs> I and, think we rediscovered it for the rest of the world. And as I was saying, as I was saying about, uh, if we reviewed it, I think you and I would just talk for an hour about Silva's shaming of, <laughs> of oh, Boucher the whole time. I love that. That's that's sort of how Eric Roberts was in that movie with Kim Basinger. He didn't put her head in a pig, but they cut away, but I, he put her head somewhere else. He's like basically like, fuck you, this is how I do it, get over it. <laughs> you know. Um, I watched one called Hiding Out. Uh, this is... John Cryer movie from the late eighties. I saw that in the theater. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, he's he's a, a. I'll tell you what. He he still looked more like a high school student at this time than he did a fucking like mid thirties or late thirties uh, Wall Street broker who was supposed to. They they tried really hard with the beard for him, but he just he just had a baby face still. Um, basically, a, a stockbroker is he's supposed to testify against some mob boss for some reason but they start trying to knock off him and his friends so that he, he's put into protective custody and i'm not sure exactly why he keeps trying to get away from protective custody and just he decides to hide out at high school with his cousin <laughs> i'm not sure yeah nobody would still suspect. In... what's that nobody would suspect i guess but like you think the the cops would be a little more protection than you know, pigs are, and your and his sister. So I I don't know how old he was supposed to be, but the woman that played his sister looks like she was about sixty. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was his mom. I thought it was his aunt at first, but maybe no. he was a mistake. I, I don't know. It, it was. I mean, whatever. It was an eighties movie. It's fine. Um, I feel like I watched another kind of eighties something, but I no, I, I didn't write it down. So oh well. Um, <laughs> now that when I talked about that one. Uh, I went to the theater and watched Black Mass. No, oh. the new Johnny Depp movie. The movie's pretty good. Johnny Depp is fucking horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, good horrifying. Like, I tell you what, Whitey Bulger is a was just a disgusting human being. Oh, he probably still is. Yeah. Um, Kevin Bacon makes a little appearance there. Peter Sarsgaard is real creepy and s- slobbery in it. Uh, he's not in it for long. Um, it's mostly Johnny Depp and Joel Edgerton mm-hmm. and Edgerton's having a year, man. Cause he was in that other, the gift movie. And I think he even wrote and directed that one. Hmm. Um, he's good in this one. He plays John Connolly, the, the friend FBI agent. I don't know if everybody knows the Whitey Bulger story. This is kind of, this is based on the, the whole thing. It, it really goes back to it's, I guess it starts in the mid seventies and the whole story not really to spoil it because there's been documentaries and everything, but that um, Bulger was kind of, I guess, enabled by the FBI because they wanted bigger fish. So they kind of let him get away with stuff in order to get closer to um, the Italian mafia in Boston. It's like how the GGTMC let us get away with so much shit. Yeah. Because we like, what? And then we just take over. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, we're we're yeah. like attack dogs or something. I tell you, I tell you what. The, the, I thought the makeup was pretty good for Depp. Like you'd have to really look close sometimes to think it was him. The, his eyes looked really creepy because they yeah. had blue contacts. And um, but yeah, he was a pretty disgusting. How, how much was being. Kevin Bacon in it? Quite a bit. Nah, not too much. He was the he was kind of uh, he was Joel Edgerton's boss. Oh. So he just had a few scenes where he was just pissed and yelling at him. So. I like Bacon. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's, it's a good movie. It's worth checking out. It's not like it's no Goodfellas, but it's uh Well, someone said that it that they the guy the he he borrowed heavily from Scorsese as far as like playing the rock music from the time or whatever with the I guess I, it didn't feel kind of like that. It didn't feel as stylish. And then the the one yes. the one scene that they showed in the trailer was almost exactly like the uh Joe Pesci uh oh, do I make you laugh? Do you think I'm funny? You know. Yeah, 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 that you happens. You know what scene I'm talking about? That happens pretty early in the movie. So. Yeah. But even that scene in the trailer, I was like, oh, God. What a <laughs> p- yeah, he's he's creepy. Um, I checked out, well, I didn't check out. I'd seen both of these before. I watched, uh, these kind of go hand in hand for me for whatever reason. Singles and Reality Bites. Yeah. Similar kind of movies. Um, early 20s Gen Xers kind of doing their thing. Not having good jobs and trying to be it's like you know 90s romantic comedies these kind of set the bar i'd say i mean they're they're fine so cameron crowe did singles um fucking matt Dillon is so good <laughs> and uh when that came out i really liked it and then some of these friends that were friends of my my girlfriend at the time just hated it because they said it was trying to represent uh, the grunge, you know, lifestyle and everything, and it got it so wrong. It was total bullshit and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, it might have, maybe it got grunge wrong. I didn't know. I mean, I'm from North Carolina, so yeah. grunge here was fucking. I would park in the morning at high school next to a cow pasture and tie my fucking uh, flannel shirt around my waist. So yeah, I don't know how grunge it was, but we listened to the music and. Uh, like Allison Chains was in it. Who else? There yeah. Was oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Soundgarden made yeah. an appearance. So. Um, and then Reality Bites. Uh, ben Stiller directed that one. I, that I didn't even remember. Yeah. Winona Ryder was just fucking beautiful back then, and Ethan Hawke was not too shabby either. If which you I if you caught her shoplifting back then in your store, would you let her go? <laughs> I wouldn't have. I would have looked the other way. I eh, take it. Um, no, I don't know. It, it's blackmailer. She never did that much. I mean, she's not my type, you know. She's she's my type in this damn movie. She she's she's the girl in high school that I that would probably have liked me, but I wouldn't have given the time of day to because she wasn't like I don't know. And then like eight years later, you're like, <laughs> a or a fucking bad girl, um, rocker. <laughs> the, the, uh, in the same instance, wouldn't have anything to do with me. Yeah. There was a... <laughs> so alone. <laughs> oh, Gia- Giamatti makes an appearance I totally forgot about in singles. Huh? Um, Paul Giamatti, because they're at a bar or at a coffee shop, and they look over, and there's these two people just, like, making out in the middle of the coffee shop, and it, it's fucking... Uh, it's oh, fucking he, he goes, Paul Giamatti with somebody, and he says... Stop asked, and look at him and go, why don't you take a picture or, or Yeah. Something? I didn't know that was him. I remember it now. 
Like, what a weird choice for someone. Because <laughs> he looked exactly the same, just skinnier. So. Yeah, he was nobody then, though. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I watched... Um, I tell you what, I watched one movie and I can't even remember the goddamn name of it. Some Asian thing, and I was confused. They were like stealing a golden Buddha or something, and like it was pretty bad. I mean, it was entertainingly bad a few times, but I, I just kept getting lost. I'm like, what is this shit? Wasn't that um, Joe Hard something? I, I forgot. Some Filipino movie. Oh. Um, the only other thing I watched and paid attention to was uh, Shorinji Kempo or The Killing Machine. Uh, Sonny Chiba, not good. Um, he's all right in it, I guess, but it's more of a drama than an action movie. Uh, it takes place right after World War II, and he's kind of like the um, he's starting a school and standing up for the poor people in this area, and it's a lot of like, you know, him trying to help kids and this woman that he he knew in the war who's now a prostitute and. I don't know. I mean, the fight scenes were all right. He rips a guy's dick off at one point and throws it on the ground, and then a dog runs in and eats it. <laughs> but, God damn, that sounds good. Well, yeah, if you think that, but then then you have to sit and watch him like sitting bedside with somebody for 15 minutes. She's like, yeah. eh. So it was all right. Not great. Pretty average. Chipper. But that was it. That's all I watched. Um, I didn't watch any TV. I watched Wrestling this week. There was a pay-per-view. It was all right. and. What was the big main event for that one? A fucking oh my god! Um, so Seth Rollins, it was a double main event. Is that the Seth thing Ro- with Kane in the couple um, the ring? No, that was on Raw last night. Oh, okay. or on Raw Monday night. Um, so Seth Rollins had a had two matches in one night. He had to defend the U.S. title against John Cena, and then right, immediately afterwards, I've never seen him do this. Immediately afterwards, he had to fight against Sting. For the world title, and I th- usually when they do that, if if a guy's going to fight twice, they put it kind of they split it. They put it the one at the beginning, one at the end, so the dude has time to catch his breath. Mm-hmm. This guy he went for like twenty something minutes with Cena, and then Cena's like, "Nope, you're not going anywhere," and and then throws him back in the ring, and Sting immediately comes out. And this well, guy, I, man, I thought I heard this, Sting got like injured, like yeah, really it was like, scary because that be was done. why I was well, that's why I said, "Oh fuck," a minute ago because. In the near the end of the match, uh-huh. Rollins does this thing where he he picks him up, kind of a power bomb move, but throws him into the turnbuckle back first. Uh-huh. And when Sting hit that, you could tell that kind of the plan or what they had just called or whatever was for uh, Sting to bounce back out of the corner and kind of you know hit back. Mm-hmm. But because because Rollins kind of like you could see his hands start to pick up like he was gonna sell. Uh-huh. And Sting just like he took one step out and then immediately like went down to a knee. Ew. And I was like, "Holy fuck, we're getting!" I was I thought we were gonna I thought he was gonna have a heart attack or something because like he just he couldn't stand up. And it wasn't like I'm out of breath. It was sudden. Because wonder he, if like, it was his suited. neck or they well the, that's what they uh, Meltzer I think said it, he hurt his neck or something like upper back or something. He's pretty old. I'm wonder how old he is. Fifty six. Oh shit, that's fuck. I mean, you know. I mean, he took. Once he you did. reach a certain age, that's like Lawler and Funk are going to wrestle Ugh. at something like this weekend or something. But yeah. you know, all they're going to do is like punch and kick. Well, yeah, they're going to be like they're going to be like Bobby Fulton does, where he yeah. just does or the Rock and Roll Express or whatever. But no, Sting was doing. He did a spot through the Spanish announce table. Fine, that's he, stupid. He did a fucking uh, cross body off the top rope onto the floor. <sighs> 
And like I was just, and, and then so he kind of stood up after that, and they called. Well, they called the doctor in, and and Rollins was trying to like. I don't know if he was bothered by it or what, but he was kind of like saying, ah, like kind of laughing like a heel would. And um, they restarted and he threw Sting to the ropes and there was a little thing and Sting fell over again. Ugh. And then they kind of just wrapped it up. It was like a, a reversal. Like Sting Maybe tried, he had well, a pinched nerve or something. I don't know. He tried to do with a scorpion death lock and it, it looked really bad. Like he couldn't sit back. Like he was just hunched yeah. over. Remember when uh, and, Owen Hart gave Austin that, pile driver thing where he does yeah. like a sit out and mm-hmm. Austin was like that. It was almost like he was like a wet noodle. Yeah. And then, so they, they rolled up like just did a, like a little schoolboy pin. Like he reversed another scorpion death lock and it just looked bad. And I was, I was like, I was like, Oh my God, we're going to fucking read about sting like died after the match or something. But I think it was just, I think it was an injury that was hurting bad enough that was keeping him going. But I was afraid, like, you know, like Lawler fucking wrestled on Raw a couple years ago oh, and yeah. had a heart attack. And that's what I was afraid it was something. But shit, I, I fucking right. almost had one last week, uh, last time we recorded. You gotta know <laughs> when to quit. Attack. Yeah. yeah so. It's just a lot of stress. But it was kind of scary. But I mean, the show was all right. But it's, it's that, that Rollins, man, that guy can, he's got the fucking lungs of, uh, Ric Flair, maybe that guy just doesn't oh, yeah. stop. Um, he does. The, he's one of those CrossFit guys, and he just keeps going and going. We're sort of like that. Yeah, we just don't shut up. We're, so we're like the CrossFit of. Uh, I don't know though. I'll tell you what. Let me tell you something, people. Listen up. Uh, we we have been notorious at at points in time where some of our, uh, I guess, mentors told us that. Uh, our show was a bit uh, bloated, but uh, <laughs> there is a podcast called The Cult of Muscle, and from what I understand, uh, they put out some mega shows, <laughs> five hours or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, speaking of lungs. <laughs> Those guys are young, though. You know. Yeah, they're young, dumb, and full of cum have more to say They're, they have more they, you know sometimes like you know some of these podcasters i listen to some of these podcasts and they're like you know fucking breaking down these movies and talking about like all this shit and i'm like uh i feel stupid like our show's stupid yeah that's our shtick <laughs> fat and stupid <laughs> you know what that's a good shtick to have because uh then you know we can say it's shtick <laughs> yes, it's all an act, people. Yeah, yeah, it's an yeah. act. <laughs> all right, let's take let's take a break. What do you, what, what do you want to do first? You want to go oh. chronological? What's chronological? What's first? Uh, football. Football. Okay, yeah. let's do football. Yep. All right, uh, let's take a break, and we'll come back and talk about Tom Cat in all the right moves. We'll be right back. This is the ghost of the King of Comics, Jack Kirby. When I'm not haunting Stan Lee, I'm listening to my favorite comic book podcast, Double Page Spread. Each week, Wendy Freeman talks to creators like Cullen Bunn, Mark Wade, Evan Dorkin, and more. She is one cool dame who knows a lot about comics. So when I'm at my drawn board in heaven cranking out fourth world pages, I'm listening to Double Page Spread. Available on iTunes, Libsyn, and the Stitcher Network. 
Cat is a baby face. Um, do you want to take the lead on this one? Yeah. All right. I'm going to synopsize. <clears throat> a high school footballer desperate for a scholarship and his headstrong coach clash in a dying Pennsylvania steel town. <laughs> it has, this has, uh, the tagline is, he has everything at stake. He can't afford to lose. He's got to make all the right moves. And this also made me laugh. Uh, the uh, keywords, the plot keywords on IMDb, female full frontal nudity, male full frontal nudity, football, scholarship, and coach. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Zom, both of these were your picks this week, but what did you think of All the Right Moves? Well, okay, I saw this, uh, this was a junior year in high school, and of course everybody went to see it because it was like the big movie at that time, and um, you know, you're in high school and you're doing all this shit, then you know, Mm -hmm. you can see, we didn't quit, you quit! Anyway, uh, so I have a lot of memories about all the right moves. Um, This is like, I mean, this is really, he was in... Oh man, he was busy this couple years. So he was in all the right moves, risky business, losing it, and the outsiders all in '83. Yeah, and then Taps and Endless Love, which I've also never heard of. Oh, Taps was good. That Sean Penn was in that. Timothy Hutton, George C. Scott, Brooke Shields, and oh, he's not. He must not be in. He must not be in Endless Love very much. Nah, he was kind of like a like a sort of extra kind of not mm-hmm. an extra. He had like some lines, yeah. but he was a friend of like somebody high school guy or something. But anyway, okay. Now, when when watching this movie the other day, <laughs> it definitely reminded me of why I hated fucking uh, coaches. Yeah. Why I hated high school. Why I quit playing football after two years. <laughs> I mean to tell you, they have it down fucking perfect. Okay. Now, um, there's a lot. I mean. There were things about like playing football and stuff like that that were fun, mm-hmm. but then they suck all the fun out of you and try and turn you into a Nazi Waffen SS uh, fanatical <laughs> maniac. And when they are out on the field, and when he would, when, okay, Craig T. Nelson is the coach, and yeah. he's perfect because he is a dick. He yes. is a fucking asshole. Um, and he carries around. It looked like a riding crop for a little while. I think it was while. a golf club. 
Well, I thought it. Yeah, he had a golf club eventually, but I feel like he had a crop at the beginning. Maybe I was following. Well, he was a Nazi. He cracked it on the side of his pants. You will run the three-four defense. And Craig T. <laughs> Nelson is a dick anyway. But back then, he—I didn't know that. Well, maybe back then he wasn't. But I, you know, you didn't know that much about him. Now he's a fucking drunk and a goddamn radical right-wing fucking yeah. douchebag. Um. But he has it down fucking perfect, uh, and and that's the one thing I, I've said. You know, even at work and stuff, we'd be talking about like being in high school and stuff. And I said, there's one thing I couldn't stand is some fucking asshole who, some douchebag jock asshole who doesn't want to work <laughs> and just wants to coach fucking football, wrestling, or basketball and yep. pass out a study guide and and walk around like they're the king shit of a bunch of little kids. Okay, so this is the way this is. And when he would grab – okay, they used to do this all the time when we played football where when the coach would come up and be talking to you, he'd grab you by the face mask and shake you around. Yeah. And I just even seeing that, the rage – that fucking came up in my head. You can feel it bubbling, I just want boiling. to fucking punch these fuckers in the face. Um, I've said it two times already, so I'll say it again. But they had the whole high school thing down mm-hmm. as far as sports. Uh, now, I live pretty – I think that they filmed a lot of this uh, up around like Weirton. West Virginia, and because a lot of the movies where they were like, uh, where they would, um, uh, like The Deer Hunter, and some of these movies where they would talk about being like in Pittsburgh or up around that area, mm-hmm. they would film it in Weirton, or, and I think so. I think our. We got, we got Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Okay. Conema, uh, Conema, Pennsylvania. So Pittsburgh. And Point Stadium in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. But they all—I mean, all that area looks the same. You have the yeah. you have the steel mills that are are uh, where all the people that work. It's like down here, you have all all the people worked in the coal mines. Well, up there, everybody, all the parents. Oh think man, if, if the if the team didn't have yellow on their jerseys, this looks half this movie looks black and white. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's just it, well, it takes place in the fall because it's football season and stuff. Yeah, so, there's yeah. fucking no there's no leaves on it. Like it looks like fucking hell. Yeah, like the, everything's always muddy. There's smoke <laughs> in the air and the fuck. There's dead trees. And this is a time when um, when in the mid to early 80s when all the the uh, steel mills and stuff up there were starting to shut down mm-hmm. and so it was putting all these people out of work and everything and that was their bread and butter and the kids you know and, and, and you know living here uh the fucking like steeler fans and stuff they talk about how rednecks uh fucking people from west virginia are go to a fucking pittsburgh steeler game and <laughs> go to a pittsburgh steeler game and wear a jersey from the other team and you will find out what you know rednecks are uh, you hear that sammy when you go dantan yeah hey go go that dantan up there you know uh, the, the, so it, they have their own lingo and shit it's just uh, so obnoxious but uh, cruz is good in this yeah um leah thompson was good uh christopher penn everybody in this was good um now the, the crews plays Stefan DeGeorgevich, and so they get that deal because a lot of people up there are ethnic. They're like the the coach even says the Polacks, the the uh, Italians, and you know the African Americans. Yes, uh, African Americans. But he doesn't say that. Um, so anyway, Not even close. 
they are on this football team and that's what everything's kind of centered around. You know, the, the guys on the football team, um, are a real close knit group. Uh, and they all have their little girlfriends. It does take me back. Cause I remember the exact same thing where, you know, you'd wear your Jersey on fucking the day, a day of the game, you'd wear your Jersey <laughs> to school and you'd have your little girlfriend who was either like a cheerleader or in the band or something like that. And, and they, you know, it was just, it's this perfect movie for, for all that shit. And they are going to play this, one team that is like the the king shit team where all like and it's it's sort of more where the rich kids go or the the what they perceive to be the richy rich kids and everything so the coach uses that and he says you know they think they're better than you and blah 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 and um they probably are stefan wants <laughs> to he wants to uh to get a scholarship because, and that's the way a lot of the guys on the team are. It's their only way out because their families are all poor is to get a football scholarship so that they can go. And of course he can't just be some knucklehead uh, (laughs) football player. He's (laughs) he's like into engineering and shit. And, and, um, but it is kind of sad because even Leah Thompson, she wants to go to college too, but she knows that she's probably not even going to get to go because, um, like yeah, the, she can't afford it. Yeah, she can't afford it, and the jocks are the only ones that have a chance because they can throw a ball and kick it or whatever. Um, but they're like really – they have their and – and that's another thing about a movie like this is um, uh, when it, talk about something that takes you back is is you're so young, naive, and innocent and that when you're in love at that age, it just seems like the – that's the you know the most important thing in the world, and your hormones are just raging on <laughs> you know the girl and the guy and and uh, I just remember when we went to see this um, when Cruz and um, Leah Thompson they they go in in their car and park somewhere and they're like making out and <laughs> she he. We got finger banging two yeah, times on the show in two two weeks. Finger banging her, and then she takes his hand, or he takes her hand and puts it on his cock and all this stuff and through the jeans. They're dry humping, and I just remember we would see that like the the girls would be like, "Oh my god," you know, and then she has to <laughs> shut him down, you know, and and then every guy's been through that, especially at that age where where you're like about ready to fucking bust through your fucking pants and 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 the girl's like you know completely shut you down and you're like i'm not mad i'm not mad (laughs) (laughs) no it's okay it's okay it's just please suck and he can't sit then he can't sit down later yeah and so then anyway um um you're introduced to craig t nelson who is the coach and he has a family himself and this is another thing you know i think that and I've always said this, I think that a lot of times high school teachers, even like grade school or high school teachers, they get too caught up in the, in the lives. Cause that's all they're around. They're surrounded by these kids and everything. And they get caught up in that. And it's like the coach gets caught up in that whole thing. And at one point in this movie, Cruz really puts it in perspective and, and it drives it home to, to the coach when he just he tells him he says you're just a typing teacher you're you're nothing i mean at that time he's probably making like $20,000 a year and he's this goof who's teaching little kids how to play football 
And like I said, he, he teaches typing class, but he rules over these, these young guys like he's mm-hmm. God, and he's really pathetic. And some of the shit that he does in this movie is, is really pathetic. Now, you can see um, a reason why he does some of the things he does, but again, that's kind of like getting too caught up in, in this whole high school thing. Yeah. Um, but he has the power actually to make a, a person or a kid or break them uh, by either like either maybe blackballing him or if he plays you or doesn't play you, if he likes you or doesn't like you. And it's not for him. It's just like, yeah, some smart ass kid. But in the same situation, the the kid is just starting their life. And instead of helping them out of this shit, he, he can be an asshole and say, well, you know, I'll, you know, fuck you. I'll fuck you over and you'll, you'll never get out of here. You'll be working minimum wage or working at that mill or whatever. Yeah. And so it's kind of like a shitty situation there. And for the most part, the guys on the team, even Stefan, I mean, they're, they're good and they, and they are dedicated and everything, but his, but Stefan's problem, Cruz's character is he's kind of got a big mouth. Like uh, when the coach says something, instead of, you know, you're not supposed to talk back or whatever, he can't help himself and he'll smart, he'll, he'll like, he'll, he'll just talk back where he should just be like, yes, coach, yes, coach, whatever. Yeah, That's all they yeah. want to hear. And he'll say, no, I, you know, I had that or I, I you know, you're wrong. And th- that really fucking pisses the coach off. But so the whole time they're building. I like his argument that he sticks with too. Like, I don't watch football really. Yeah. And even I know. Yeah, <laughs> go for the ball, not the dude. Yeah, and he's like, no, it was good, man. It, it was good. It fucking hits the guy before the ball even gets there. So I mean, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. it's interference, you know. So, but um, so they do play in the big game, and it's really intense. The coach has this plan, uh, and it's so amazing how they, like I said, I've said it already a million times, how caught up in this shit that an adult can get. It's mm-hmm. like when you go to a little league game and the parents are there screaming and cussing and almost getting in, sometimes getting in fist fights and stuff like that. When they should just step back and be like, "Oh my God, this is just a stupid fucking game." And Was it Friday Night Lights? That kind of that movie. It's um, where it's like the guys listening about all the people on the radio saying like you know shit talking them and oh, stuff yeah. and. Was that Friday Night Lights? Yeah. Or was that something else? I think that was Friday Night Lights. And and even, you know, uh, when I first saw that movie and then like the, or the TV show and movie and everything is, um, you know, they they would talk about how um, the, the, the thing the whole movie is based on is how in Texas, uh, how serious they take their high school football. Well, see, honestly, I'm amazed now up here. When they'll like have um, on the local news at night, they'll show the highlights of the of the high school game and actually interview the players and stuff like that. Or and, yeah. and uh, I mean, they never. When we were in high school, uh, like a uh, Friday night after uh, at eleven o'clock, uh, they would just have the scores. They would just have like the the uh, graphics up there, and it would say like Williamstown beat. Parkersburg Catholic, you know, fourteen seven or something like that, and that's it. Now, I mean, they've they they've raised it to another level, but 
they go into this game. The coach has this strategy, and he's like, you know, okay, this team is better. He actually is thinking, okay, this team's kind of bigger and better than us, but if we can pull off this one tactic, we might be able to, to, to fucking fool them and beat them or whatever. So they execute the, the what they were doing, and but – and you and you really get even in this movie, it's I I don't know if I want to say like a rocky sort of a story, but they're the small town and yeah. and, and you know like I said from the other side of the track, so you're kind of rooting for them. I and, think football might be one of the more like cinematic. Uh, oh yeah, of uh, the mud, uh, sports, and the, you know. Yeah, like it's the guys clashing together and because like there's a lot of uh, I can't even think besides I mean. Basketball can lend itself pretty well, um, but this is like a physical struggle of wins. Yeah, but but like football just seems to play. Even if you're not a football fan, football movies can always work yeah. pretty well. It's almost like a it's almost like combat or like a war. You know? Yeah, but that's the basically the the uh, the the object sort of the game. It's almost like a war game where you're trying to capture the other team's flag or mm-hmm. you know exert superiority or whatever and um something happens and and stefan again shoots his mouth off i think his his own brother even says you know he doesn't need no one to keep his mouth shut and his brother and his dad both work in the mill and everything and so then um again showing how these grown uh, how these adults can get so wrapped up in this high school sports which are you know in reality and i'm not saying this to be mean or anything because there are probably i know one guy that I, I went to school with that was on the football team he ended up becoming a doctor and stuff but for the most part or not for the most part on this level everybody that played on that football team even the guys that were the best guys on the team never even went and played college football <laughs> Uh, and I don't think any, I mean, like I look back now and it's like, it seemed important then, but for me, it didn't because I was kind of like Nick Nolte in North Dallas 40. I was the smart ass <laughs> that was always fucking saying stupid shit to make people laugh and getting in trouble from the coach and having to run laps. It's kind of like I am now, but <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. If, if you can parlay that into a college scholarship, or whatever, it's a go one in it. a billion chance to go to the pros yeah. to make any kind of money. But if you can use it to get an education, yeah. But other than that, it doesn't mean shit. But even the adults in this town, when the team, when what happens to the team happens, they become so venomous and so hateful that they almost want to run this coach out of town. They do all kinds of this nasty shit. And just by accident, almost like a a wrong place at the wrong time kind of a thing, Stefan um, is involved in it, and then he's fucked. Because <laughs> the coach the, – and that's the one thing where um, he he kind of mouths off because he's he's uh, disappointed in the um, – I actually just stood up and took a cobweb off my ceiling that was probably big enough for that black bird that was in here. To I, get bet this, I bet that's where the spiders are coming from. They're originating in that <laughs> Oh, cobweb. believe me. There's probably enough spiders in here to creep me out. But um, <laughs> they – he runs his mouth and pisses the coach off. But this is right after the game, and tensions are running really high. Now, yeah. after that – 
if things would have just if that's all that would have happened, he probably could have went Monday morning to practice and apologize to the coach and the coach would have said, you stupid fucker. Okay. Get your shit on. Uh, and, and you're going to run laps until you fucking drop or whatever, but you're back on the team because he kicked him off the team, but he, something happens and he just fucks himself. <laughs> and he's the, he's like the only adult in the fucking situation. Yeah. And the coach, he doesn't know, that's that's one part where I, I v- really vividly remember from this movie is when Cruz goes, they're starting practice, and he's got his Letterman jacket on or whatever, and he goes just to talk to the coach because his dad told him, you go apologize to the fucking coach, you dumb fuck, and you get back on the team, blah, 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 blah. Because he's re- he's very good, and he's, he's uh, you know, he gets offered a scholarship and this and that. Um, but he doesn't know that the coach saw him do what he did right. and so he's like being real humble and you know i'm sorry coach with his head down already and the coach there's this pause and the coach goes i saw you i saw you there you know and then cruz the one part is when cruz goes you know man because he knows that he's he's totally blown it and he gets pissed and he goes you know what <laughs> you're fucked man and craig t nelson just without it you know just goes no son you are. <laughs> and that was just awesome because even though Craig T. Nelson was a dick, the shit that happens to him and his they they basically vandalize his house yeah. and everything and his wife and his kid are there and everything. And so you have a, a thing that reminded me of Derek Zoolander. Did you see Zoolander? No. Well, yeah, I have not seen the whole thing. Ben Stiller is this male model yeah. and he almost looks kind of like Tom Cruise and he decides he's not going to be a model anymore. And his dad and brothers who are Vince Vaughn and some other guy and John Voight is the dad. And they all look exactly the same. They have black coal shit all over their face and this fucking stupid looking haircut. And so he's that he shows up at the coal mine looking like Adrian street with his famous picture. Yeah. And he shows up and he's like, I went to come work with you, Papa. And the dad's like, all the other guys from the coal miner stand there, and the dad is mortified because he's fucking so embarrassed that this is his son. Well, that's like Cruz goes to work in the mill. You know, <laughs> there's sparks, and he's shoveling stuff and everything. And so anyway, but <laughs> so it's kind of stupid. But, oh, hey, Vida sent me a contact request, and so did Velvet Skirt 47. Oh, Velvet Skirt. Ooh, I better check that out. She might be a yeah. hot lady. The um yeah, he was he was his job he got was helping to um to help like tear down this big I don't know what the thing the tool is called like the the thing that melts the steel. Yeah. They were taking apart one of those, so it was just it was kind of like shit work. Plus, it was just you know they, the the mill was closing, so yeah, it was just you know it's kind of like tearing down the job that you wanted to have, or you know. So Wait, that you thought you had to have. You have uh, Leah Thompson in this, and she's very young. I just saw her after I watched this. Like two days later, she's on CSI, and so is Elizabeth Shue. And let me tell you something: she is still fucking hot. <laughs> and I was like, "Is that Leah Thompson?" Which Leah Thompson is is pretty, 
Yeah. Uh, she does have like a, a uh, forehead that you could land the plane and con air on. She has a very, she has a big forehead, but she wears bangs. So it's kind of like Betty page. Betty page always wore those bangs. Cause the guy told her, he said, you have a big forehead, wear those bangs. So if you see Betty page with her hair pulled back, you see, she's got a big forehead. Kind of like Rihanna. It's uh, <laughs> just going everywhere. It's all over the place. Rihanna finger banging, <laughs> yeah. you know, finger banging. Uh, but so Leah Thompson, Love Stefan, but it's you know, like I said, it's that high school love. It's yeah. very intense. It's so intense that you can't even stand it, but it really doesn't mean shit. <laughs> <laughs> and because she even knows, like she says, you know, well, they might. Chris Penn ends up meaning a little something. And Chris Chris Penn looks good. You yeah, know, it, I saw another one with him recently. This um, another movie with him right around the same time. This was another. This might have been a Cameron Crowe movie. Wild, wild. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild. Uh, wild was it? Wildlife, which was a year after this. Oh, he was in Footloose. Yeah, he was that. the big dumb guy with the cowboy hat and the rumblefish. Fuck, he was busy in this year time period. But you too. know, that's it's sad to watch some of these. Like when you see how young and he was fit and everything, and then how he became so obese and drug oh. a, a drug addict and everything. And now he's dead. But um. Very dead. Very, very dead. Um, there's a there's a, a love scene where uh, it's funny ha- what what when chicks, especially in high school, finally decide to give it up. Yeah. And for what reason? <laughs> it's got to mean something, man. Yeah, I like that. Uh, you know, they're so stupid. <laughs> uh, I like. This is like a small thing, doesn't mean really anything, but I like that they didn't make her like a cheerleader, that she was in the band. She was a band geek, yeah. Even though she, when she stood down on the uh, the uh, corner playing her sax, it reminded me of John Cusack holding the band. Oh, that was really corny. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I'm not ashamed to admit this. I paused this during that sex scene, and it wasn't on her tits. I was pausing it when he was getting into bed because I wanted to see if you could see his balls between his legs. Because <laughs> so you get this view. So Leah Thompson takes her top off, and I wasn't expecting that. I was like, "Holy shit, Leah Thompson's tits!" And then Tomcat takes his pants off, and there's pubes. <laughs> and I'm like, "Hold, oh, there's naked, naked Tom, uh, naked Tomcat." You didn't see his nuts. I don't know how they hit him. He must have small nuts. Maybe they were, maybe, maybe has... it was cold and it was. Uh... So yeah, she lays down in the bed and he gets and he comes in and he, like I mean he's stepping he's putting a leg over her, yeah. like getting in there and he's pulling the sheet up um, around himself. So you see like straight up ass with some gap in the legs there, and I was like, holy shit! I bet you see his balls. Nope, nothing. That just tells you Tom Cruise must not be very hung. Now I, I forgot about this at the very beginning when they're playing. You know, if we make the right moves, <laughs> we make all the right moves, and he gets out of bed with his like underwear on and starts doing push-ups and shit (laughs) he he kind of walks over to the mirror and and like is like flexing and i was like oh god what a dork and then the one part like his big thing about his like his gold cross which he has oh yeah so he takes the cross he takes the cross off to fuck but he tapes it to himself when he plays yeah well he's gotta have it to protect him just you like this thing, yourself with, yeah. Fucking protect yourself from the yeah. the baby the baby uh, curse from he was, <laughs> he was probably so so fucking uh, 
harder than Chinese arithmetic because she had blue balled him so many fucking times. But he pounded that fucking puss. Now Chris Penn, his girlfriend was a cheerleader. And you know what yeah. that means? She she gave it up, but she also got pregnant. Oh, sorry, buddy. <laughs> and You're I done. like I like when the Tom Cruise is like, Hey man, did you get a scholarship? He goes, Man, I'm gonna have a kid, man. It's like the time done. for that shit. He's done. Now, living in West Virginia, there was two things in this that made everybody go, Yeah, which is stupid. Is uh the one guy Somebody says, went to West Virginia. Hey, I got a scholarship, man, to West Virginia. And Tom Cruise goes, always wanted to go to West Virginia. Then when Leah Thompson <laughs> is talking to the coach's wife, trying to say, you know, hey, this is what, you know, your husband's doing sucks, but, you know, do you remember what it was like to blue ball a guy in high school? And, <laughs> and she's the, the, the Craig T. Nelson's wife says that she tells a story about how she was in love just like, leah thompson is with this boy in high school and then he went away to college and they they lost track of each other and she ended up yeah. marrying the coach great you know what a great uh thing that was to marry a yes. fucking stupid ass coach they she said whatever happened to that boy and the and the coach's wife says oh i imagine he's back in parkersburg well parkersburg is nice. like uh what 10 miles from where I live. So that's where we used to She also she also said she went to NC State. Yeah, there you go. I went to I went to NC she State. Man, this movie is like we could have been in this movie. <laughs> um but anyway, I like this movie. Uh I haven't seen it in a long time. To me, it still holds up. It's still pretty good for a teen movie. It's it and, and like I said, I like um they 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 hit everything perfectly mm-hmm. uh and it makes a good point uh and then you know it just it's for me it's a nostalgia thing too yeah like i said i just remember those times plus i remember seeing this movie when it came out that's cool i i, I think for me um like i said i had not really heard of the i mean i might have heard of it i definitely had never seen it um my notes literally stop Except for Tom Cruise's balls. Except for I talked about Tom Cruise's balls. Uh, my, my notes stop after after the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you only see one game, and I think that's kind of because I think that's kind of a, a, a telling of my kind of feelings. Because I was pretty into it, but the second half I feel like starts to meander a little bit for mm-hmm. me. Um, so I was kind of losing interest a little bit there. I don't. It's like it kind of loses focus almost. It's a coming of age story, but. It, it's like he's he's growing up and he's dealing with some grown up shit all of a sudden and then when he fig- when the grown up shit hits him then he just kind of was like burr, burr, burr. and i guess i mean that works <laughs> you know he's like what do i do now and then the movie feels like what do i do now until at the very end when it's like oh everything's whatever yeah. um well that's the thing. But, it, it, it did i know what you're saying i don't want to say yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it uh but you know you can't see you know it, everything <laughs> but, doom and gloom. It, it, it should let's like North Dallas for it, well it kind of this had the same kind of a, a football game if you saw mm-hmm. North Dallas forty where they were winning the game and everything and then all of a sudden right at the last second something shitty happens and <laughs> so you're saying that if this movie would have went up to the to the end of the game and then Leah Thompson fucks him. And Tom Cruise, you can't see his balls, but then that would, where would you have ended it? 
I don't, I don't know. Well, I don't think it's that it ended in the wrong place. I just think it kind of lost focus a little bit and then decided, oh, we, we need to end this. I'm here. Sitting, I'm sitting here watching uh, Sarah Michelle Geller and Selma Blair gif of them French kissing each other. Dig it. And um, it's pretty good. The, <laughs> you should have had that in the movie. I'll tell you, Tom Cruise was very well cast in this because he... um it's a cocky fucking little... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he does cocky very well. And but he does he has that look like he could be a bright guy, which he is. I mean, he has a little bit of sleaze, but he's smart. Um, and you never get really the the idea of maybe he's putting on an act with the whole sleazy thing. It's hard to tell because I mean, when you're in high school, you're fucking horny all the time anyway. Oh God, um, brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was really surprised. Like I'm. I don't know why, like, I don't remember his position, if it was safety or yeah, cornerback, but, like, I wonder why, like, he's, I, I mean, I guess it would have been cliche to have him be quarterback. Yeah. But. Yeah, the, the, pretty much the, the, they concentrate on the defense. Yeah, and I was surprised that they made him that position. Maybe, I mean, maybe he should, I don't know. Well, they should have been a tailback that. or something. They had to do that, um, that deal where Craig T comes up with the uh, goal line defense where they just. God damn, this is distracting. I can't even fucking... Now, as that. little as I know about football. Uh, would it not have been smarter for Craig T to like maybe pass on the last play of the game? Just throw it. Or, and then even one of the guys at the bar says maybe the coach should have taken a safety because they were up by three. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, that even makes even more sense. So, yeah. fuck you, coach. It's your fault. <laughs> well, he just, you know, he got too smart for his own good. So it was his fault. But I mean, the, but then, um, you know. But the we didn't, uh, we, I, oh, I'll tell you another thing in this. Just to okay, throw this in here real quick. I always hated when we lost a game, and somebody in the locker room would be bawling like a baby. And I'd be sitting there. I don't know if I was a sociopath or what, but I'd be sitting there, and I'm like, "What the fuck? Why?" I mean, like we had a guy on our team, and if we lost, he, it was like that. Uh, what was the guy's name? But. Vesucci or something in this in this yeah the Italian guy and he's sitting there <laughs> like sobbing I could never get that into it no I maybe it's because I was sitting on the bench I don't get that into anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go I was like man I'm fucking cold I wish this game would be over um I literally remember saying that one time. I was sitting on sitting on the bench and they're playing the game. I looked over at this one of the guys on the team. And I go, "God damn, it's fucking cold!" <laughs> and then one time I, I had to take a. I think I I can't remember if I had to piss or I had to take a shit. And <laughs> and and I and I was literally I was like, okay, I'm either going to piss my pants or shit my pants, whichever one it was. But the locker room was like, you had to walk like, you know, maybe two football fields away. And there's all these people in the crowd. And I was like, okay, now people are going to, aren't they going to like, I was embarrassed, but I had to. So I just like walked off the, walked down the sidelines and walked yeah. back to the locker. I come back and I, I acted like I was fixing my helmet. Like there was something wrong with my helmet. I'll tell you what could have helped this more Chris Penn, more Chris Penn. Yeah. But, and shift his story because his, his arc kind of peaks really i mean it peaks before the movie's half over like it peaks at the pep rally mm -hmm. and if they had kind of shifted him a little bit and kind of had them running parallel and then the shit falls out with him then you have tom cruise kind of like well he was already oh. fucked at the pep rally 
Cause that's what I'm saying. Like, move that back. Don't don't skip the pep rally. Like, let the let the 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 realization of what has happened okay. happen after the after the game. Yeah. So like he's all pumped up then, and then the rug's pulled out. Yeah, pull the rug and, out from under him. Yeah, fucker, little fucking dude. That's what you get. Um, and we had this dickhead principal in <laughs> in high school. He was so like, and I, you know, I was with the I, I was with like art club and shit. Yeah, and uh, but he it, so we we would notice like the the higher ups real bias towards sports teams oh, fuck or whatever. Yeah, and but like. Even even as much like leeway as he would give to football and all that stuff, we still only ever had one pep rally a year. Huh. So you, I've watched all of these fucking movies, and they'd have a pep rally before every goddamn game, and we'd have one right in the, when school started, and that was fucking it. <laughs> I we remember were, this coach almost like throwing a temper tantrum because they had a pep rally and nobody was cheering because we were all like, "This sucks. <laughs> this is boring." And then, um, um, I would always get in trouble. Like, I mean, okay, Jesus Christ. I had this one fucking football coach, and he was a teacher. Now, he was one of these douchebags. Like I said, he handed out a study guide, and he was a, yeah. just a fucking asshole. And he fucking makes me stand in the f- – and, and this wasn't when we were little kids. This is when, like, you know, like probably like 16 or 17 or something. Makes me stand out in the fucking hallway because I said something in one of my – I said something. I whispered something to one of my friends, and he started laughing real loud. He fucking makes me stand out in the fucking hall, and I have to stand out there like a fucking idiot. I had stupid um, shit. High school was such a fucking bunch of bullshit. I I, I took a, I took this one. Well, I signed up because the class was new, and I was, I was told that I was encouraged to take it. It was this class called Fundamentals of Technology, and I thought because kind of like Tom Cruise, I was getting a little bit into like drafting and engineering and stuff my last year, last couple years of school. So I was told to take this class because I was going to do like drafting and stuff. So I signed up for it, and it's fucking shop. And so when it started, I was like, listen, is there any way I can change this class? Because I didn't think it was yeah. just going to be fucking working in the shop. And I'm a senior, and I need to fucking like get some like hard-looking classes because i got to go to college and look mm. impressive. And the, <laughs> that same principal I told you about, was his, it was his final say. He's like, well, no, we need like smart kids in these classes. Like, I can't let you. <laughs> To keep to keep the dumb kids alive. Yeah, I remember when I took the uh, SATs, I I just went and took. I I didn't even give a shit. I didn't like even try and study or do anything. I just went and I was like, Murr. and the the guidance counselor tells me he goes, "You may want to take him again because you know if you want to get into college and everything." And I was like, I'm "Taking this shit again?" I don't even remember. What, <laughs> I honestly couldn't tell you what the fucking number was. I don't even know, and. I went to fucking college. I got my fucking degree, and none of that shit. Even the college degree and everything, <laughs> yeah. none of it means anything. Yeah, I got a. I had. It's I think just I got like football. Little, none of it means. Nothing. I, t- I got an eleven eighty. I took it one time. And, Did you uh, have ACTs, SAT? What? No, SAT. The only okay. time it ever came back, I wanted to take this um, engineering math class, this like more advanced one, my uh, sophomore year, and I remember talking to a guy on the phone. And the fucker was like, I was like, I was trying to get into class. He's like, he's like, oh, you only scored an eleven eighty on the SAT. And I, I felt so. I've never felt more ashamed by something in school well, as that and moment. That, even that shit there is so stupid. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna give you this giant comprehensive test to see how smart you are, so we can we can pigeonhole you 
and and put you okay you're a total failure you're never going to do anything you're you're going to be uh fucking work fast food you're going to be a mechanic you're going to be smart so you can do this and it doesn't mean shit because yeah. i mean you can't fucking really study for it they'd have those things prep tests and all that crap i was like fuck this shit and <laughs> like i said i went to fucking college i gave it about as much effort as i did in high school which was none and i got my <laughs> degree and it doesn't mean anything yeah, I used mine for a little while, but the um, my fundamentals of technology teacher, uh, he was, I don't remember his first name, Coach K. He was one of the football coaches. I think he was assistant coach. What was he, Coach what? Coach he K? He was one of the assistant, K-A-Y. Oh, I thought it was Mike Krzyzewski. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he would always have a fucking dip in his lip in class. Oh, yeah. And, um... We uh, and he it always takes had a, a certain fo- kind of asshole to be a football coach. Yeah, and he had this. Um, he ha- he would always have the tan line uh, from wearing sunglasses out in the out in the sun. <laughs> Did and, he wear uh, those coaching shorts that they pull all the way up? Yes, like yes, with a tucked with his the white West Forsyth polo tucked into the Ugh. gray or green athletic and, shorts. And a lot of them, they, you know, they were like football players and stuff when they were in high school, and then they're just obese. Yeah, he was fat. Well, he he always he would always say he's like because he would dare people like he would take he would say come punch me in the stomach. He's like I've got he's got I got I got great abs. It's just behind a big layer of blubber. Ah, <laughs> but he um, this is so moronic. <laughs> and so there was that class, and I also come had in high school, I had an economics and civics class taught by the basketball coach. <laughs> And that guy, I will never forget. I didn't realize it was in high school. He loved Dan Quayle, and uh, <laughs> well, so he was a fucking simpleton. T- it, it's yes, he was do. Denny Key. Uh, Jesus. Well, yeah, and he was a weird dude. He would always talk about like fucking like. Uh, he's like, yeah, when I was a kid, we used to have these tractors and a little plastic farmer, and whenever anybody wasn't looking, I would just bite the head off the farmers, and we're like, what? <laughs> Um, but yeah, he At least was. You didn't go to Penn coach. State, where instead of them saying "punch me in the stomach," he says "come over here," and then he fucks you in the ass in the shower. Dig it. Oh wait. Uh, um, yeah. So I don't know. You know, Coach that, K was. They should have put that in this movie. Like <laughs> Craig yeah, T. Penn Nelson State. should have been butt fucking Christopher Penn in the butthole. Well, yeah. I guess butt fucking it would be in the butthole. <laughs> butt fucking in the butthole. He's like the. I, yeah, like I can't the, go to college. My butthole. I have a prolapsed <laughs> anus. I like, the, I like, I the dancing <laughs> sequence in the t- in the locker room. Oh, uh, God. The hairy guy and the, the fucking. They jumped on the fucking coffee table for no reason. I don't know. It was the, like uh, 57, 22, 36, 47, hut, and and like everybody at the party just jumps on this coffee table and just crushes it. And, so and Tom Cruise telling that stupid like when God created football story. Yes, that and, was right um, before that. That was so dumb. The uh, he's so stupid. I guess he was drunk, but he was so stupid that he says, "and and and uh, thank God for cheerleaders." Ooh. And his girlfriend's standing right there, and she's not a cheerleader. It's like <laughs> you can be that dumb. He no, is. Yeah, you could be that dumb in high school. Um, uh, but yeah, you even get to see Craig T. Nelson dancing there. So he did yeah, a kinda, little bit. That that was funny. Where he kind of did like the little. I, th- he, I was thinking yeah. he must have he must have just gotten his trickle down economics check in the mail, so he's a little happy. <laughs> Dude, I, <hate> <laughs> uh, I like the you know I did I, I like the touch of the old deflated football that was all signed from the team from yeah. 1960 when they that was kind of a neat little thing. 
Um, what about Bosco? That great big one? fat guy? Oh. He was the head of the of the vigilante group. That <laughs> guy was jerk. kind of a douche. He looked like he, one of the guys that would do the... Stuff, um, but then he acted like a dick to him, and like they beat him up. He was. He looked like one of the guys that on the Saturday Night Live sketch with yeah, so that the were bears. Doing, the bears, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, the second, like this, it's not. Maybe it's even the last third of the movie. The last act is kind of like doesn't know where it wants to go really. And, it, you know, and if like it was I said, real, if it was in real life, uh, Craig T would have just been a dick, and would yeah, have, yeah. he would he would never <laughs> fold it. No. <laughs> But um, it's yeah, it was a it was a decent little movie. I I liked it. So let's rate it. Oh, uh, let's see. I give it a oh my god. I, I you know seven point seven five. There you go. I liked it. I give it a six. It's a solid little movie for me. Um, I I tell you, what, I don't watch football at all anymore. But I always seem to like football movies. So it must speak to something about how that how it can be filmed because like baseball movies can go pretty wrong. Um, basketball movies can be all right, but like football just seems like, you know, it seems harder to get wrong, I guess. I, I don't watch, I mean, I used to watch football like all the time, college and, and pros and I have my team and everything, but then, you know, I just kind of, and, and I've, I hate to say it, but even with like hockey or baseball now, of course, I like the pirates and I like the flyers and, but, um, how about those pirates? Yeah, but, One but of the, the thing is, how crazy is it that the Cubs have the third best record in the majors and yeah. they're in third place in the division? <laughs> it's it's really fucked up. And like I said, the, you know the Pirates have second best record in baseball, but the they're, Cardinals. Well, are they're, in their they'll division. get there. They're they're going to have to play the Cubs. It looks like they so got we'll that see what one the... game playoff yeah. thing. Or but um, I don't know. Maybe it's because you start getting older. You, you're you're brought up to to uh, pick your team. And then mm-hmm. support your teams like, oh, I fucking hate the Steelers because I'm a Cowboy fan. Oh, I can't even stand. Like if somebody gave me a Steelers T-shirt and I put it on, even right now, even though I know it's stupid, I would be like, fuck, I can't wear this. It just, I would like, I'd be like that with a Yankee shirt. <laughs> but honest to God, when you think about it, I'm like, why? I mean, yeah, I, know. I, I don't know anybody that plays for these teams. I don't make any money. I don't bet on them. I don't have any – I'm not from – uh, New York or Boston or Dallas or Philadelphia, and but you you can just develop this venom like fuck that <laughs> fucking Steelers fuck motherfuckers like you you know but it's so stupid because you're yeah. only doing it it's like religion it's almost like a cult following where you're supporting <laughs> your cult yeah but it, you're just doing it because somebody told you that that's what you're supposed to do and so I'm kind of getting out of that that's why I don't even watch it that much anymore because I'm like this is fucking I, I just feel dumb. Like there's times where like, like my football team, like if it was the Cowboys and they were playing and Tony Romo did something stupid and I would just get so fucking pissed. And then I'm like, why am I pissed? This is, a, a, and this is supposed to be entertaining me, but I'm mad and I'm miserable. It's making me. Pissed. I know. And when, but for back no in like, reason. like 2003, I was on a like bunch of internet forums. They'll and- lose. Yeah, the, in 2003, I was I was on all these internet forums, and the Red Sox had the the Aaron fucking Boone home run, you know that yeah. whole thing. And I went on the forums, and like everybody gloating and said, I was fucking miserable. I'm like, God, you motherfuckers! And I was like, yeah. you know, now it's like think about it, like why it doesn't matter. It's like when 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 they won the Super Bowl, 
I fucking wore this T-shirt and and uh, God or or they'd lose and I'd be like, God damn it, you can guarantee fucking tee it. If I fucking pick a team, they'll fucking lose. God, I, and you're like, like you have some kind of control over the stupid I, fucking game. I still have the hat that I wore when the Red Sox won in '04, and. I fe- kind of felt guilty when I got rid of the little 13-inch TV that I bought that I, I watched the World Series in 04 on. <laughs> well, the thing is, this is like um, <laughs> you have people that might like discover the cure for AIDS or something like that, and then you have a guy that can th- that throws a ball, and he's making a hundred million dollars, and this guy's making you know whatever nothing. He's, yeah. His drugs are stolen by a fucking hedge fund idiot and sold for fucking right. $2 million. Or you have a guy that's out there digging a fucking ditch, uh, doing hard labor every day, back-breaking labor every day of the week, probably making pen, you know, pennies compared to some asshole that can throw a ball through a round, a round ball through a round hole. <laughs> and, and even like basketball, it's like, okay, the net is what, like 10 feet or the rim's like 10 feet? Yeah, and so it's a big thing because a guy that's seven foot two with with arms that are fucking four feet long can <laughs> jump up and throw the ball through, through the, the hole. circle. <laughs> it's just dumb. We're so conditioned for this stupid shit. Uh, well, let's start talking. Let's talk about rest. Let's take a break and talk about some. Right, yeah, let's take a let's take a break. We're gonna come back and talk about wrestling, a real the, man sport. The real, the, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll be right back. Yeah. It's the Daily Grindhouse podcast. <laughs> I got your boy hanging, you no-business-born, insecure junkyard mother... Starring Dr. Freaks. Am I the only one who is concerned about the naked woman tied to a bed? Johnny A-bomb. I put out the trash. Joe Cosby. Softcore picture? You just said softcore picture. And Warhawk Tanzania as Warhawk Tanzania. You do not come to my turf talking about busting ass. When it comes to (laughs) cinema, we talk the cream of the crop while scraping the bottom of the barrel. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Facebook, and of course on DailyGrindhouse.com. The Daily Grindhouse Podcast. Because you deserve it. Quest. We didn't even say what the name of the movie was over there at the break. Uh, 1985's on. Would you care to synopsize? I do care. A high school wrestler in Spokane, <laughs> Washington, <laughs> has trouble focusing on his training regimen when a worldly drifter takes up temporary <laughs> residence at his home. Worldly drifter. Yeah. 
It's just a loser from New Jersey that got stuck in fucking. How did she get in? Wa- Wait, was she from New Jersey? How the hell did she end up in Washington if she's going to San Francisco? Yeah, who the fuck knows? Anyway, um, <clears throat> this is directed by Harold Becker, who <laughs> actually directed Taps that we mentioned the last. Uh, Last thing, and I've never seen the Onion Field that he directed. That's oh, it's a good movie to see. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't think I've seen any of his other movies: Domestic Disturbance, City Hall with Pacino. Saw that. Uh, sea of Love with Pacino. Saw that. Mercury Rising. Saw that. Never seen any of these. Alec Baldwin. I like Alec Baldwin. Dude, that Mercury Rising. You better have a fucking. Uh, ugh. <sighs> yeah. Wait. No, 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 no. It just. There's a kid in it. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be mean or whatever, but he's autistic, and he ne- he just screams the entire movie oh, nonstop. God. And I mean, and that's no exaggeration. It I, you can't even hardly stand to watch it. The kid in that one horror movie that you did by yourself really got on my nerves. So I can't imagine. What was that? The the one with the pop up book. Oh, Baba Duke. Yeah, <laughs> that kid. That that kid fucking really got on my nerves. Baba Duke. <laughs> Um, anyway, Vision Quest stars Matthew Modine appearing on the show again after only one whole week away. Um, quite a different character this time. He, how old was he when he did this movie? 59. 26. Okay. He had a young face. All right. And he did, um, Full Metal Jacket had to have been right after this, right? Mm, I would think so. Yeah, 87, I think that one was. So, um, Linda Fiorentino. The still the uh, well, I take that back. I was gonna say she is she is the only woman I can think of uh, that it was in a movie that I've ever walked out of, and that was the last seduction. Oh, um, yeah, that's herself. But I walked out of a movie this past week. I forgot to mention it, but it wasn't because it was bad, although it was bad. I <laughs> I went to see the visit, the new M Night Shyamalan movie. Mm-hmm. And the whole, th- almost the whole thing is done with handheld camera, and on the big screen, and it was making sick. me so fucking sick to watch. I made he it had like, like twenty five minutes. Ear infection anyway. <laughs> oh my god, I had to walk out. I was like, I can't do this. Like, I don't. I'm not going to enjoy this movie if I have to just like look away the whole time. Ugh. And so I just left. Um, I, but I'll tell you what, the little that I saw, talk about an annoying fucking kid. The the younger <laughs> kid in that movie is so terrible. Like all the characters in that movie are really bad that I saw. And I was curious to see how it ended because the story was getting a, kind of, a little intriguing, but ugh, the acting was really terrible. Um, anyway, Linda Fiorentino, Last Seduction. I, I, I saw it in high school. I was probably not the right age for it. Didn't really catch me like it probably I thought it was. <laughs> it was something different, I think. Um, and Who's some, the guy honestly, in Last Seduction? Because I saw her in Jade. I have no idea. The last. I'm going to look it up. Um. This is the first movie that I think she was ever in. She looked young. Let's see. Yeah. John Dahl directed it. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. I know I, I haven't them, seen that one. I remember them fucking in a in an alley. Oh yeah. Might have been that might have been right after right, I might have left right after that scene. <laughs> um after, after you came, you're like, why watch the rest? <laughs> it's like, I'm shit. done with this. Uh and this was before internet porn, so you had to take it where she could get it where you could get it. So um yeah. Harold Sylvester's also in this movie, and he was in another movie with he was a ba- he's a basketball coach and English teacher in this one. So there you go, a coach that actually was smart, not a dumbass. 
Um, he was in he Uncommon was, Valor. He was in Uncommon Valor. I was thinking of Fast Break. Uh, with yeah, fucking, you don't look like no basketball coach to me. <laughs> with Gabe Kaplan as a Gabe basketball Kaplan. coach, yeah, yeah. Um, and Red Brown is in that movie, uh, but yeah. he because he played a basketball player in that. But I always Did remember him as what? Did we review that? I don't think so. Seems like I remember watching that. Just I mean, but I don't know. Maybe we did. Maybe I just watched it. I I know I I watched it after we started the show too. Yeah. Um, but he he. I always think of him first as playing Griff on Married with Children. So, mm. but um, so Vision Quest is um, oh, it's a coming of age story, and it's this guy who uh, Matthew Modine's character. What is his character's name? Loudon. Loudon Swain. Loudon Swain. Two odd names for the main yeah. characters this week. Um, and his best friend's named Cooch, but uh, I don't. I'm not sure what that stands for. But it sounds and like something Cooch else. Cooch was until I in at the... Pretty in Pink. I don't remember him in Pretty in Pink. I looked he was at his Jake. He was Jake. He was the one that fucking Molly Ringwald was in love Holy with. Holy shit! That's Jake. Yes. Holy crap! Yeah. Now that I look at the. Wow! Now that I look at I look at the picture from yeah. sixteen candles. No, sixteen candles. 16 uh, now that I look candles, at the, now I look at the picture of uh, yeah, holy shit! No wonder he looked familiar. And what now he's making he furniture. In? Oh. Not even making movies anymore. Vision Quest, Sylvester. I don't. I haven't seen anything else he was in. He hasn't been any. He hasn't been in any. He had a very short career. Eighty four to ninety one. So I, I read something when we did uh, six. Didn't we do sixteen candles? No, no, we did. Uh, the only Hughes thing we did, Hughes directed, we did was planes, trains, and automobiles. God damn but it! We did, we did Dutch at the same time. Yeah, but he, Which, uh, they said that he he just wasn't getting any work, and he just decided that, okay, you know, I got to get on with my life, and he's making. That. God, he looked so much different in Sixteen Candles. Yeah. We should Cooch. review that. Ain't a fucking that. idiot, man. Just something I made up in my head. Um, so Loudon, <laughs> God, we're way off topic all of a sudden. It's getting late, I think. Uh, <laughs> Matthew Modine is turning 18. Loudon is turning 18. And he is having a, I guess, horny midlife horny. crisis. Was that? He's horny, too. He is very horny. Um, I love the sniffing panty scene. We'll get to that. Oh, my God. Uh, that's so funny. He wants to do something meaningful when he turns 18. He uh, he doesn't feel like he's accomplished anything at the ripe age of seventeen, and he can't he can't wait to change his life. And so his decision is not something like I'm going to feed the poor or uh, <laughs> work hard and go to university and make a difference in uh, in the nation. His his uh, his goal is I'm going to drop two weight classes in wrestling. So I can wrestle this fucking meathead named Shoot in the 168 <laughs> weight class at another school, and I was so confused. If I didn't look this up, or it took a while, but they finally say it. I was so confused by the word Shoot because he's saying at the beginning, "I want to wrestle Shoot," and I'm like, "Is he fucking meaning like he wants to like do like MMA, MMA, like or fight. like I thought he meant like shoot wrestling, but it isn't." Isn't all like amateur wrestling kind of like shoot wrestling? Well, I guess they're not trying to like is, a shoot is when you're doing it for real, right? And it's a real contest, but that's just the, so, it's just the guy's nickname. So, yeah. Name. So when he said, "I want to wrestle shoot," at the fir at first, I was like, "What is what does he mean?" He, 
you've been watching too much pro wrestling. You, I like, think so. Wait a minute. Does, does that mean that he, everything he's been doing has been a work? <laughs> and now he wants to shoot? I think that's what it was. <laughs> um, he comes out dressed like the honky tonk man. <laughs> Oh, honky tonk man! I got a big boner. <laughs> Jerry Lawler. Um, Jerry Lala. The so I love the intro shoot later on in the movie. Um, I think you posted pictures of it. I thought that was pretty good. So our intro to Loudon, um, he's become already kind of obsessed at the beginning. Like uh, he all all he wants to do is just work out all the time, and. We get a little kind of, not through flashback or anything, we just get this kind of, you get the idea that he's already kind of the number one. I think they even say it. But he, at his, he's like the 190 weight class. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty much already the best in that. But the reason he wants to go down is because he said that's the toughest, 168 is the toughest weight, weight class in their district, maybe even the world or the country or, or whatever. And I don't know if he's just basing that on shoot, or what? I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know enough about it. Do you know? It's pretty tough. Okay. <laughs> so what What would you say it's the toughest weight class? Um, the one with Haystacks Calhoun. <laughs> yes. Does he there just, you like, crush you? The 500-plus um, five, yeah, I mean, weight class? Every, every, you always think, like, that's what they were saying in the movies. The, the, the girl even tells loud, and she says, why don't you, you know, why, don't you want to, why don't you want to fight the biggest guy? Well, yeah. if you've ever seen in amateur wrestling, whether it's Greco-Roman or freestyle or whatever, the big guys, they can't, you know, it's just a lot of pushing and shoving and this, and, and they're not, uh, I mean, when you start getting the smaller guys, they're not as athletic when they get bigger. Yeah. And, and there's so much faster and like that weight class, like 168, something like that. Um, you're big enough to still be strong and powerful, but also still to be, it's like, you're an all around guy. You can, right. they're, they're fast. They can do all kinds of stuff. Whereas when you get in the real lighter weight classes, they're, they're really small and, you know, they're, they're really fast, but you don't have the, you know, uh, physicality, uh, you know, strength and everything. So I'll tell you what, Matthew Modine, I don't know how tall he is. He looks fucking tall. Six foot four, I think. There's no way that dude has ever weighed 168 unless he was like in eighth grade. Oh, he would <laughs> look he's... like a, a freaking yeah. <laughs> He'd look like Minute Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't lose much weight in the movie, but that's kind. Of, I mean, you know, that we, we we get it. But oh, he was in. He's been in three movies about the Vietnam War: Streamers, Birdie, and Full Metal Jacket. I've never seen Streamers or Birdie. Um, but. His, uh, you know, he's he's obsessed. He becomes obsessed with it. He's he's running with this silver suit on all the time to just sweat his weight off. He's not eating like right at all, um, and he's got some interesting characters in his life. Um, it's you know, you have his dad, and it's funny. This seemed like a very uh, uh, common thing in eighties movies for like mom to have died, and for um. Losses on there, but I'm going to keep going through until we get them back. Um, I was just saying that it seemed very common in the in 80s movies for, at the very least, single dads, but also for uh, it seemed like the, the it was always kind of the mom dying, the uh, the uh, leaving dad. I think even in the last movie, mom had died, right? 
in uh, all the right moves. Yeah. Yeah. So either mom is either left. Or she did. Did she die in this one, or did she just leave? I can't remember. Eh, hell, I don't remember. Maybe. But it seemed very common. I, you know, I, I think I can, you can think of a lot of movies where it was like single dad, and I don't know if that was a why that was a a thing. Well, but. when your dad is you know trying to kill RoboCop, and it's part time, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so you have uh, yeah, wrestle shoot. Um, there's a lot of people like like I, I that I noticed too. Oh, and um, you know, I was saying Harold, Harold Sylvester, he looks very young, but there's uh, uh, Forrest Whitaker in here too, who doesn't play a very big part at all. He looks really young too, and like I said, Fiorentino, I think I said that earlier, looks very young. Um, she had the uh, the uh, uh, classic white undershirt, braless nipple. Uh, yeah, thing. she she wears the she we, when we first meet her, she's got really big hair, but um, really she's wearing the like the the tank top undershirt with no bra, and she's getting like <laughs> she's getting pissed that people are looking at her tits, and um, he uh, she she thinks she's been sold a lemon, like she's arguing with this guy and. Really, this scene wasn't very wasn't fleshed out very well because for some reason, uh, Loudon's dad has punched his boss over the argument, yeah. and I'm not sure exactly why, like <laughs> why it led to him hitting his boss over the arc. That I mean, maybe it was something that just built up. Maybe his the boss had done yeah. shit like that before, or maybe he was just trying to impress some coos who he didn't even know. And you know, <laughs> and uh, her name's Carla, and uh, Carla somehow, you know, she's on her way again. I don't know why she would go through Spokane, Washington, to get to San Francisco from anywhere except maybe the middle of Canada. Yeah, she but... she's from Vancouver or something. <laughs> she was up but... at Calgary wrestling for the hearts. <laughs> would have been a good time. Yeah. Uh, no, 85 might have been a little late. Hey, uh, why don't you uh, bring those nipples up to the dungeon? Let me twist them. <laughs> let, let me tweak them for you. Stretch them. Er, uh, tweak them. Er. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I said she has giant hair, and she likes not wearing a bra. Yeah. Oh, mom has left. I actually took that note. So mom didn't die in this one. Previous one died. This one, still alive, but gone. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> the and the, they don't really get into why, but um, Carla ends up like I think while her car is getting taken care of, like she can't get the or uh, dad can't get the money back for her. She's just spent the last of her money trying to buy this car. How she got into town, still don't know. But um, she can't get to San Francisco without the money. Still, never even explain how she gets money eventually to leave or a car, but I don't think, unless I missed something. Maybe she's selling paintings? Who knows? But uh, she you know, they she ends up staying at their house, and uh, Modine's already fucking drooling on himself, you could tell. Like, he's, he does a, he, he's a very good, you said he was 26, but he plays a good kind of, like, awkward uh, teenager at this point. Because he's, he's, he's driven, he's obsessed when he's working out, and, um, and he's so focused, but then when he's around her, he's like, "Hey, guess what? I wear a silver suit so I can sweat." <laughs> and I love, I love her reaction to when he starts explaining why he's wearing that suit, 
<laughs> she just cuts them off right in the middle. She's like, yeah, yeah, I got it. <laughs> and just keeps walking. Um, so, uh, I, I, you know, I, he's got a job. He, he can't sleep at night. He's been sleeping in the basement because I guess he keeps his dad awake because he like gets up and does push-ups in the middle of the night all the time. And he's not sleeping right. And, uh, starving he works, himself, yeah. starving himself. He works at a, a restaurant in a hotel and his guru in the movie, like you get his dad and his, his dad's just kind of there, mm-hmm. but this guy ends up being more, almost more of a father figure to him at times. I don't remember his name. Um, oh God, what was his name? Cause the one, I wanted to say it auto, but that was the, the big jughead on the wrestling team. It was, I can find it in a second, but um, he had a really good quote that I'll, I'll read, but let's see. There's Roberts Blossom played Grandpa. James Gammon, who's a real piece of shit, played Cooch's dad. <laughs> Balldozer was actually Forrest Whitaker's name. <laughs> Balldozer. Balldozer, Schmoozler, Otto. <laughs> if I was on a wrestling team, I wouldn't want to be known as Balldozer. Balldozer. Uh, we know what his special move is. It has to do with his with his chin and the. <laughs> um, so Balldozer. the <laughs> bulldozer. Um, I just totally lost my train of thought. Uh, what the the guy the cooks? Oh right, father figure, and um, he's always kind of he's kind of looking after. Um, even seems more than his dad, but yeah. looking after Loudon. Um. You know, even later in the movie, he's making him eat, and Loudon's got this really weird way of eating a burger. He takes the whole thing apart. I don't know if he's just because he didn't want to eat the bread or what, uh, but he like splits it all up. He takes the bun apart, and the burger he's just goes kind of playing one. with it. It's like a yeah. kid that doesn't want to eat their food. He's just moving it around the plate. Yep, and um, somehow, somehow, uh, Carla gets him to eat pizza later on. But so she probably could have got him to eat a turd. <laughs> <laughs> he was so horny. She was pretty cute in this. So I don't. I don't I'm not always been a biggest fan of hers, but something about her was cute in this. Um, she's got a real gruff thing going, but something worked. So, you know, we do learn that shoot. Well, I learned that, <laughs> that shoot were, was a was like the best wrestler, maybe in the state. Was he state champion? Yeah. But he he Help worked at. Or, he worked. He went to a, the like the rival high school, and their high school it kind of seemed like the last thing where Loudon's high school seemed kind of like out in the sticks, and uh, Shoots High School seemed a lot more like their I know their wrestling arena it looked more like a college. You know? Yeah, it was very nice looking, and they had the cheerleaders and all that stuff. And but I love when he goes to kind of check out Shoot for the first time. That intro of him was fucking magical. Yeah, because they kept get, they gave him this big build up. He has this legend. Like he's like fucking you expect Bruiser Brody or something, you know. To be, hus, hus, hus. It, 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 they they picked a good guy to play the part. Yeah, what was his what was this guy's name? Uh, Frank wrestler. Jasper. Yeah, he was never real. heard of him. Oh, he was in three total things. Yeah, he was a real wrestler. He looked uh, like it too. He, yeah, he was fucking like they, there was not an ounce of fat on this dude. But there's this amazing moment when he's kind of introduced, and they're really almost playing this like da 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 music. You feel like, yeah. and he comes, he comes like walking up the uh, the stairs at the football stadium. He's carrying this goddamn like log. giant log on his shoulder. <laughs> yes, 
<laughs> bigger than him. And like he just stops. He doesn't even like act like he wants to put this thing down basically and like to talk a little bit to well, like yeah, cooch hope- cooch is like scared to even make a noise and and loudon just goes hey shoot <laughs> and cooch's like oh shit yeah wait do i know you yeah and cooch just kind of stops and looks at him a little bit like i mean he's like basically like i hope you drop the weight and then he turns into a dick later on in the movie for some reason maybe you you pussy yeah, he wasn't a very good actor, but um, he was mean. He was mean. He, he was trying he was to intimidate. He, he might have done a good job. But he, you, I love the, I love when uh, Modine got intimidated when he sees shoots first match. <laughs> that was great because he, like, he gets prepared. He gets like his tape recorder out and everything. He's gonna take notes. That lasts like <laughs> three seconds. He just gives like, like the guy like a. Fucking belly to belly, belly. It's yeah, like Scott, Scott Steiner style. Scott yeah. Steiner did us at the wrestling thing. Oh god, like we we're all cheering. We're like, yeah, fuck you. And then Scott Steiner comes out and was like, ah. I was telling Gronky about that. How we would just we wouldn't talk anything about Scott Steiner until he was way over on the other side of the room. <laughs> we immediately turned into t- <laughs> our balls. <laughs> fucking just fell off of us. Uh, he was frightening. Screw. But um, it was kind of like that because shoot a meat ass. Shoot immediately gives a belly to belly to this guy. It's over in like eight seconds, and Modine's just looking like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> what have I done?" Awesome. Um, but uh, you know, it 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 shows him looking vulnerable and stuff, and um, he uh, they they kind of tease some health issues from his not eating right. Um, he starts getting a lot of nosebleeds and stuff like that, and all the while he's kind of building this relationship with Carla and it's almost like that whole puppy dog thing. I mean, she's, she's 21. I think they say, yeah. And you know, she's lived a little bit and he's still this naive, like wide eyed kid who thinks dropping to one sixty eight and wrestling, uh, this, this mini giant shoot is like a big life accomplishment. And she's just, you know, she's already broke, obviously never went to school going to be an artist just dropping everything and um she's a little more road worn i'd say road worn i'd say than him she's so. probably wrestled more matches than loudon <laughs> uh and loses every time oh yeah i don't um, know maybe not she's maybe not rest. yeah she seemed kind of tough but... get down there fucker um that was my imitation of her <laughs> it was dead on <laughs> <laughs> so uh I guess he's supposed to be like sometimes he just seems kind of like a dumbass kid, but I can't like they seem like they kind of want to make him like smart guy too because he's got this kind of nerdy friend and they're on the school paper together. Well, it's almost like he could probably do anything he wanted to. He's not, yeah. He's not like a, a dumb jock. He's actually smart. Yeah. You know. And he uh, he says at one point he wants to be a gynecologist. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and the quote he wrote, I wrote this down. I want to be able to look inside women and figure out the power they have over me. I was like, what the fuck? I don't have to look inside of them to know that. <laughs> What's wrong with, yeah, that's most of that's on the outside, dude. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, I said he's got this puppy dog thing going on for Carla. And Carla is, I think it's just her kind of persona. Like, you never get the idea of, uh, for most of this that she's 
really all that interested. Like, you know, she she kind of takes care of Loudon and his dad because she feels like she has to. She's and a tough girl. Yeah, she's a tough girl. She's road hard, put away wet. <laughs> Dig it. And uh yeah. But get down. And he just he just wants to follow around and he's gonna, you know, no matter what's gonna happen. There's nothing know. worse than fucking when you uh, I think we've all been there. You follow her, you get fixated on some chick, follow her around like a goddamn idiot, like a puppy dog, and <laughs> they can fucking do anything, to, you know, and, and then they're like, oh, I didn't know you liked me. Yeah, or like, oh, you fuck, that's when you want to just fucking punch him in the face. Oh, you're like my you're like my kid brother. I, yeah, I hope we don't. Uh, <laughs> I told the one girl one time. I said, "What the fuck did you think I was fucking giving you rides home for and everything every day? Because <laughs> I fucking wanted I I just you know ugh, so um, stupid. And you know that that's bullshit. That they know. They know. They all, they all know. They got the power. They um, if only we could look inside of them and know where this power comes from. Yeah. Didn't uh, uh, fucking um, oh Jesus Christ! I was just going to make a funny serial killer reference, but I lost it. <laughs> just want to open them up and look inside of them. The there's a nice little '80s soundtrack, and I was really surprised to see fucking Madonna <laughs> appear uh-huh. uncredited. Yeah. Oh, ooh, you know what? I forgot to play it. I got the song. Journey. Um, no, the there's uh, lots of journey in this. The the crazy for you the official video. Oh being, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh my god! Now the YouTube won't play. Thank thanks the YouTube. Um, but yeah, I think the official video. Uh, this song was apparently written for the soundtrack, and um, Madonna had already kind of hit it big by this point. Well, that's what so they were saying. Surprised. And like I think in Europe they didn't call this movie Vision Quest. It was called Crazy for You. Huh. Yeah. It's. I mean, that fits too. I don't think this thing's gonna play my fucking YouTube. See, I never knew that this movie that there was an actual like novel or a book. Oh, really? Yeah, and they said that it's really good. It's and it's. Uh, I was reading like about some of the things that were differences and everything. So I, I was kind of actually interested in in reading the book now. The um, <gasps> he says another really <laughs> weird thing when he says Carla has all the best things he likes in girls and all the best things he likes in guys. He likes to get like, down there and grapple. You know, well, she, she didn't seem like a grappler. She didn't really seem. No, I'm just saying. Anymore. I think he kind of liked to grapple with the guys. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, you know, it takes a certain kind of guy to to want to to want to like yeah. You know, roll around and 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 grunt in somebody's face grunt and. and latch on to somebody and make them I'll tell you I, I tell you what watching the wrestling in this it makes me because like I said I'm so used to pro wrestling there's a lot of they, there's a lot of air between guys now in pro wrestling oh, yeah, yeah. and watching these guys like even just practicing it, it makes me feel so claustrophobic it's something I could never do because I hate that feeling of like somebody like holding your arm oh yeah or, or when they oh get god it drives me crazy like stick your dip you know, fucking get you where you can't even fucking move and they're compressing your chest and everything. You can't hardly oh, breathe. God. <laughs> yeah. 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 And Modine's like in when great they put their shape. Balls in like in your mouth and you can't even hardly. I hate when that happens. Yeah. Horror Hound Weekend. Um, the, but like Modine's in great shape in this. The guy that plays Shoot is a fucking like specimen. Fucking animal. Um, which I think he was, you know, he was supposed to be like a yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking. Like there's this thing, this pegboard thing they have. Yeah. I don't know what that thing's called. 
It's we had big, that, but I've never even tried it. I never. Even yeah, t- this long like plywood board that goes up the wall with like alternating holes in it, and you take these short like metal pegs, and just using hands, you have to you know pull yourself up, take the peg out, move it to the next, and you just pull yourself all the way up to the top. And every time somebody would do it, I always wonder whose job is it to get up there and fucking get the pegs out of the top because they don't bring. He brought no, them he back brought down. Them down. Yeah. But when everybody falls, it's like they're halfway up, and these things, fucking things, are like eleven feet in the air. Nobody can get them now. But I couldn't even. I, I swear I couldn't even get to the first one. I'd try to jump and just <laughs> put a peg in the bottom hole and just miss, and then I'd give up. Um, but the uh, the movie ends up being like. It's a nice little story because it's not, it's not so focused on just the wrestling thing. That's kind of the backdrop for it, but it's really him kind of learning how to grow up. And from the synopsis, I really thought it was going to be like him realizing maybe I don't need this after all. But it it gets a little more formulaic than that. But it's still like you know serviceable enough. Um, I love the part where that guy, you know, I mentioned the quote earlier, the guy he's friends with at the restaurant, um, he always wants to beat him. He's, a, he's determined to beat Loudon in, in uh, arm wrestling. Um, there's a good scene where Loudon gets a nosebleed trying to arm wrestle him, and it seemed like Loudon had lost some strength, and I don't know if it was because he was losing his focus or what. And the whole thing, I totally forgot to mention that his buddy Cooch, who was half Native American, tells him, he's like, oh, you're on a vision quest. That's kind of the... All right, having some technical hiccups. Anyway, we'll continue. Um, I don't remember what I was saying exactly, but I I, I do like the, the relationship that he has with the guy he works with. That's Elmo. Um, Elmo, there you go. Yes. Um, Elmo's kind of... Um, he's never really made it anywhere, so it's a nice little contrast to... Even though it's a small town, well, I mean, Spokane's not super small. It looks like a pretty decent size, downtown at least. But um, Elmo lives, you know, he lives alone. He, he, it, it's, his, his success in life is, you know, it's going to be measured on a totally different scale than I think what this young, kind of smart, athletic kid might view. But um, I just I, I I like their relationship a lot, and uh, you know I like when, um, when Elmo when he's you know Loudon's kind of surprised at at uh, at Elmo's uh, well, finding out that Elmo's going to come to his big wrestling match, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a really I like that that scene when he's talking about seeing Pele. Yeah, that uh, was that's like a one of the most memorable. Yeah. things from this movie for me. I said, I said, well, I wrote down the quote. I said, that's right. I start crying because, in, because he's talking about when Pele like kicking the ball, but then doing the whole, like that bicycle kick that he was famous for. But, um, he said, that's right. I start crying because another human being, a species that I happen to belong to could kick a ball and lift himself and the rest of us, uh, rest of us sad ass human beings up to a better place to be. If only for a minute, let me tell you, kid, it was pretty goddamn glorious. It ain't the six minutes. It's what happens in that six minutes. The six minutes, I guess, referring to the length of the wrestling match. But, um, And that kind of goes back to what we went off on the tangent earlier. Just kind of like 
maybe that that whole thing like you know seeing ourselves and somebody else like the, letting those triumphs be what kind of lifts us from mundane bullshit or yeah maybe maybe <laughs> i just would like to just have some lemon pie a cup of coffee and do some tai chi that's a, oh my god the tai, i forgot the tai chi guy <laughs> <laughs> god i can't believe i forgot the tai chi guy yeah. um and the, there's another nice contrast because you got you got you have dad i said that you don't see him a lot his dad kind of has job trouble and stuff like that you got elmo who his life has kind of turned out in a different way that seem that seems maybe Loudon's is going to go. Then you have Grandpa, who's on the other end of the spectrum entirely, who kind of lives out in the middle of nowhere and hunts and fishes for all of his food. And it's a nice little kind of bridge, too, between the big, like the glitzy part, maybe, of where he might see his life going. Then you've got the mundane, like where most people end up. And then you have Grandpa, who's like the friend. Ted <laughs> the friend. Yeah. He's probably the Unabomber living up in the woods. <laughs> Grandpa, um, did you- and then all the while you have like that, like a, the whole like the, the 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 I don't know how to say it exactly, but it's almost a, almost a formula in how a relationship like this would 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 fall with seeming unobtainable, maybe not their relationship kind of going back and forth. Him and Carla, I mean Loudon and Carla, but um. Before I get too far away from Tai Chi, if you want to mention that, and then we can go into your, your what you want to oh, say. Oh, well, you know, Loudon, I, I would think that working in a hotel, especially if you have to bring room service to to uh, total strangers in a hotel room, that there probably are a lot of things, or even the people that, you know, I think for the most part, like his job, the people are in the room where he delivers food or whatever from the thing. Like if you're a cleaning person, the the people are usually not there while you're cleaning, but um, he has someone, a, a, a guy that's uh, you know in from out of town, like a salesman or whatever, and and uh, he, the guy, you know, it's a nice guy wants to show him the how to relax. <laughs> Grabs his cack. Grabs his cock. <laughs> he's showing him some tai chi moves, and it's already a little um, a little suspect when he's doing the whole. You've seen this in movies where it's like the guy showing the girl how to putt at the miniature golf. Yeah, and you're like, no, you have to, you have to get the follow through, get behind him, and put yeah, and it's immediate or, or playing pool, shooting pool. That's another good one. But um, in this one, it's the guy, and immediately he doesn't even he doesn't yeah. even wait. That dude is ready to go. He's immediately like right behind him, like and Loudon. You know, I, and, and you know, it, being a young guy or whatever is probably what you would do. You know, everybody'd be like, "Oh, I'd fucking turn around, and knock shit out of him." Or more than likely, you'd be just like him. You'd be in shock. And he's like walking out of the room. And the guy goes, "Hey, if you want to come up later, I can show you some more." And he goes, "No, I'm good." <laughs> and then he runs, <laughs> sprints away, and falls on his ass. Yeah, that was funny. But then um, he was laughing about it because he even t- I think didn't he even he even told Cooch about it. He told Cooch about it. Guy just grabbed my grabbed my package. And he's like laughing. He's like, guy tried to grab my package tonight. Yeah, he just grabbed it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't tell anybody. And um, I'd be in, I, I, and then I would probably like you know carry that around for the rest of my life. It, it would make me feel weird. <laughs> make me feel icky. Um. Oh, and then the part where he got. Uh, he gets caught sniffing Carla's panties. Yeah. 
which is pretty hilarious. He's doing he's he's going and looking in the, through the the clean laundry, and he finds her underwear in the on the top of the basket. I mean, he's just not sneaking a little sniff like this dude's going way in. Like, what would have made it face. even funnier is if he would have like put him up to his face and went, and then went. <laughs> <laughs> they were. They never talked to her again. <laughs> Dad, we need to talk about Carla leaving immediately. Yeah, she's baking bread down there. Uh, what else? Did you, <laughs> what else? What else you got on Vision Quest? Well, you know, I this is another one that's kind of near and dear to my heart because it took place, you know, and when I was younger, and we all went to see it, and it was just so cool. I liked the fact that he wasn't just some dumb jo- like okay. The Tom Cruise thing with him being a wanting to be an engineer and everything, I don't know. I thought he was kind of more like a dumb jock. I mean, that one felt a little more forced. This one felt well, a little. This one felt different than the normal flow of these movies because he had a different way of. You don't. They don't push anything on him that like his his character felt like it kind of just unfolded well like it it seemed natural. He definitely stood out from the right. other people he was with, but not in a. Not in a way that made it like with with Tom Cruise, where he was being one person around his friends, yeah, drawing pictures at home. This one, it's like he was just that, like he was an outsider just because that was his personality. But it wasn't like the unlikable outsider or anything like that. It was just a unique character, I thought. Well, I think the the Cruise character was more, was more. Um, he he seemed more like the the kind of jock guy, like you said, that would do that, like be a kind of a a, a macho douche. Uh, around his friends and everything, and, and even around the girls, but loud, but be book smart. But Loudon is more like a uh, he has more like a uh, an emotional artistic side. Uh, he's he's pretty he's like a deep guy for a guy mm-hmm. that's that young, and that's why I think Elmo even tells him he says you know you need to fucking loosen up and you know quit being so <laughs> you know he's thinking about Vision Quest that's seventeen years old and everything. Um, I did think now maybe it's just me, but you know I don't know. Uh, I, I I shouldn't say I found it hard to believe, but in in reality, in real life, I don't think the twenty one year old Carla would, you know, end up hooking up with him. Yeah, the the twenty one year old um, supposed to be depending on your taste, I guess, hot yeah artist, and then the the hayseed but slightly unusual. Uh, awkward wrestler from the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I think she she liked his innocence and you know that kind of stuff. But still, she would have. I think you know. I, I don't know. But, he worked uh, out a lot. He probably he probably fucking could go for an hour and a half. Yeah, but still, you know, when, it, when girls like that, maybe one year difference. But when you're in high school, one year age difference where the girl's older is a big difference they're always <laughs> shooting for the guy that's a year older two years older or, or in college or some shit mm-hmm. like that but so anyway um he he gets pissed because she goes out on a date with tanner hand or tanner right. hand, who Griff. is <laughs> yeah and uh <laughs> but then and i like how uh how cooch he's trying to kind of keep it on the down low and not let anybody know but then they're in there uh, in the um, kitchen. Uh, just he was going to give him a, a beer or something like that. And in and and I thought this was kind of difficult to believe too. 
this it seemed like this was maybe like a a male fantasy sort of because like <laughs> yeah. he just walks in with nothing but a like a, a his dad's shirt on and just her panties. Yeah, and, she just, and that was like one of the. She hadn't even lived there for just. Now in the book, they said she had lived there for for a while. It was a lot, huh. a lot longer than what it is in in this thing. She's been there like one night, and she's already walking in in her panties. Yeah, just like it's like nothing, and it's like oh okay, and uh, and even even the thing about like uh, she she uh, goes and buys this car, and it's a lemon, and just out of the blue, you know, your let's be like now. Can you imagine your dad says? Hey, I was at work, and this girl, she's she's gonna come stay with us, and this hot girl, and uh, we're gonna let her live here, and blah, you know, give me a break. How how many times does that <laughs> fucking happen? Never. That's how many. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm so alone. <laughs> but I, you know, you can see how that could happen. If it's, and I like when he told Carla about working out, and he said that uh, one of the one of the um, one of the uh, benefits of it is nocturnal emissions. Yeah. yeah. You like to wake up with jizz all over him. Um, <laughs> he's probably that's, used to that from the wrestling room. Ew, that's a definite drawback of that whole thing. And then the, the wrestling coach wears like a fucking polo shirt under his singlet. <laughs> they were really I'll stupid. tell you what the, the 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 I don't remember the wrestling coach being all that assholeish in this one. Yeah, oh, he was pretty cool. He seemed like an all right guy. And, and I liked I I always I always remember the move that he was teaching him to block, where they the, the guy the, you break him the guy down and he's on his stomach and then you double underhook his arms and then step over and it yeah. rolls the guy into a perfect pinning position. You know, I'd like to try that sometimes. Maybe it, I don't know. With Linda Fiorentino. Uh, yeah, uh, and um, so I'm trying to think of anything else. Yeah, I just thought it was it was pretty good. I like yeah. how they built up um, the cooch or not not the cooch uh, shoot, and how e- even in football or or in high school or whatever, you know, somebody be like, oh yeah, I heard this guy over at this other school. He's the baddest, toughest guy. Da da da, da and, and he ripped some guy's ear off and killed his parents. And it's like um. Ricky Linderman in My Bodyguard, which he actually did, but it, like they they had this big thing about he killed his own brother, and mm-hmm. ended up it, it, when the story when he told the story it was just like a an accident, but that they had built it up that he was a psycho who killed his own brother, and you know it's how kids are they they build up these legends and stuff, and you know the the, the whole final thing where where he uh, stays in the locker room. Uh, well, the the other matches are going on, waiting for his match with Shoot, and he's in the locker room, and he's going through all his moves and jumping rope. <laughs> he's getting pumped up. Yeah, and then as soon as they call his name, he busts through the two doors. <laughs> the final match was really cool too and compelling, yeah. like that too. So, but yeah, I liked it. I thought it's it's both of these movies. Going back and watching them, you know, there's some we were talking about like Porky's and some of these movies that you know don't don't go back because they're they suck or whatever they're not as good both of these you know i went back i I enjoyed watching them again yep um i was just looking to see if anybody actually left us feedback on that feedback thing and i don't think they did (laughs) we had one question and it was already resolved anyway uh we can rate this um i thought from start to finish this was a more solid movie than all the right moves um it didn't it it's it maintained its tone throughout, and like you saying it gets a little it gets a little unbelievable. But it's an eighties movie, and yeah. 
Uh, but it's got a nice little soundtrack. Um, you get Journey. He's running and they're playing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. And then, yeah. What's but, that song? Whoa, lunatic fringe or whatever. Yeah, that shit in there. That's a good yeah, soundtrack good. for the time. It is. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I dug this quite a bit. And um, I know probably even less about amateur wrestling than I do about football, but. Um, still, no, li- still lucha libre though. Yeah, well, yeah, it still plays pretty well. I think this kind of this sport plays well on on the on the screen, which helps too. So, um, I give this. Oh, and Modine, I thought was really good. I mean, he he's he's good at what he does. He has very he had very bony like uh, shoulder. He's really broad shoulders, but like mm-hmm. his clavicle or his collarbones or something like like two two horns sticking up there. <laughs> ripe for smashing yeah. uh, you come, come at, oh, breaking your collarbone would just be awful yeah especially um, when you're a Dallas Cowboy fan and Tony Romo just was oh. out for like 13 weeks <laughs> oh. which I I, I I don't even care I think it's funny go Pirates um, or go Cubs whatever uh, I give this a 6.75 uh, I give this an 8 I like it yeah dig it <laughs> It's Journey and Madonna that put, yeah, put it yeah, over well, the top, right? Well, not as much Madonna. She didn't, uh, I didn't, when she looked like that, it didn't do anything for me. She did have really big boobs. Like when uh, her, her thing was uh, was a, like a prayer. Yeah, she had yeah. dark hair, and then she was dancing around at the end with that big burning cross or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> and she was at a KKK rally, and her boobs were like just like boom, bouncing. Yeah. I liked it. Ah! I had All right, 6.75 and an 8. Uh Solid little it's movie. Check it out. The what's that? No. Oh yeah, you just said it's eleven thirty. Um, getting late, and getting like up. I said, no feed sack. We had one person ask why I hated Henleys, but I really needed more ex- explanation of what a Henley was. And that, that was another thing I dreamed about. I dreamed I got one of those. I don't even know what that is. It's a long. It looks like a long sleeve shirt. Oh, that, oh with a. That's no collared, like without a collar, and it's button. It, it just buttons down a little bit Three in the buttons. front. I have no problem with those at all. It was the collarless dress shirt that I hated. <laughs> Nehru collar. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. Or the, the Mandarin collar. It almost looks like a priest. Uh, yeah. Um, other than that, no no questions or feedback at all. Do you think women... Uh, okay, now let me ask you this question. Now, of course, okay. like, it, it's almost like the Richie Sambora uh, little figure, you know, where we can, we can laugh about... Um, uh, members only jackets and all this stupid shit, and it becomes like a thing. And you know, like, okay, we're gonna give away this Richie. Sam- well, I don't really like Richie Sambora. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a fucking joke. It's just the same. It's the same way with this fucking uh, this this uh, the the question was make an argument that Matthew Modine is better than Tom Cruise, and the the response we get is, well, I don't think he is. Well, no, we did get one response. It was, let me find it, uh, argument, god damn it, where did it go? There's my black mass post that two people liked. <laughs> Come on, people. Um, uh, Will Will said, not, not Canada Will, uh, Will said, who's still appearing shirtless in movies in 2015? I think that says it all. <laughs> yeah, but that's not the fucking point. The point was to come up <laughs> with a, an argument that Modine Why Modine is better than Cruz? Is better, 
even if it's stupid, even if you had to say, well, he's got fucking wider shoulders or he's taller or, you know, something like that. But our, our fans have no sense of humor. Come on, fans. No, Let's humor right. it. No, they're not even fans. They're, they're just, what are they? Passersby. I don't know. Um, I'm not trying to be a dick or anything. I'm just saying, you know, goddamn, lighten up. I, I kind of want a Hindley now. I wonder if I could pull that off. I'm no, I'm no baby goose, but yeah. you're no Matthew Modine either. No, I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm just. I'm, I'm Elmo. <laughs> I think that what uh, you remember when he was in that pirate movie, and it just like was like the this big budget, huge movie. He wasn't even supposed to be in it. It was supposed to be somebody else. And then they pulled out some, let's say it was supposed to be Tom Cruise. And then they pulled out or Michael Douglas. And then they put Matthew Modine in and somebody and uh, Gina Davis. Mm-hmm. And it flopped, but it was, they put, uh, they spent like $200 million on it. And it made what was that? like three bucks. Was it just called <laughs> Pirates? That kind of fucked his career up, I think. Cause he was on a roll when he was in, you know, full metal jacket. And then this, and uh, I used to love Memphis bell when I was younger. Yeah. I mean, he was in some good movies, but God, I love he was that in movie. law and order, uh, SVU. And he went toe to toe with Stabler. <laughs> he mocked him and Stabler tried to break him down without getting physical. <laughs> he was in something in 2004 called funky monkey. Well, well, the Married to the Mob was good. Oh God, Married uh, Funky Monkey Boy Genius Michael Dean teams up with a super talented chimpanzee and his caretaker Matt Modine to take down an animal testing lab. In exchange, the scientist gives the boy some pointers on the girl of his dreams. <laughs> he was he was in Batman uh, Dark Knight Rises. Uh, yeah, he was. And he, that, well, I'll tell you one that I really liked. Honest to God, no shit. I'm, you know, I don't know if you ever seen it. Did you ever see Birdie with him and Nicolas Cage? Uh, no. And, oh, it was such a good fucking movie. Bird. Well, yeah, I mentioned Birdie earlier. That's a that's a, a Vietnam movie, right? Yeah. No, I never saw that. Did you ever see Go Go Tales? That was awesome. He was great in it. <laughs> he was in that. Maybe maybe that was where his fucking career went down the yeah. Ugh. Anyway. A fucking turd. Uh, you can always send us feed sack to 206-339-1600. I, uh, I, I actually called it last night to make sure it didn't get canceled, mm-hmm. and I just heavy breathed into it. Um, you should have played play that. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and our email address, uh, silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I wonder why the email never came in. Oh wait, shit! I just got ninety nine emails from the podcast. I think somebody's trying to log into our website and crash it. I had like I had like two hundred fake logins today. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. There's always some dickhead out there. No, you know what it probably was was ninety nine people trying to let us, let us know why Matthew Modine was better than. That's what it was. Bruce. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, dig it. I don't. Let's see if this is it. Here's our feed sack. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> see, now that's funny. That was it. <laughs> uh, so thanks for the feed sack. Two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred or silver gold podcast at so, gmail dot com. Uh, we just crack ourselves up. So we find the show on iTunes and on Stitcher Radio and on silver and gold dot com. 
We send ourselves our uh, own feedback, and it's it's fun. <laughs> it was like at three in the morning too, and one of the times I woke up. That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. We don't know what we're doing yet, but I'm sure it'll be awesome. Hey, by the way, I What's that? thought that you either bought Vision Quest or downloaded or something. That's why we picked Vision. I didn't pick both movies. Oh, yeah, you picked all the right moves because I wanted to see Vision Quest because I mentioned it. Yeah, you, you mentioned it, and that's why. I didn't, you know, it wasn't like me saying, oh, I'm taking over. That's, hey, whatever. I don't care if you pick the movies. It's fine. Oh, damn it. It's all right. I got a fucking uh, backup. <laughs> That's a new drop for this fucking show, for sure. I need to save that. I could beat the crickets out any day. The cricket <laughs> had been around a long time. Because we're so today. Good. Yeah, that's what it is. We no bad the, jokes yeah. on this show. We got the, uh, the, the uh, Is that like when you were coming? You were, you, were, you were almost thinking of coming. And then it was, just got it was, yeah, I stopped it real short. It was a nocturnal emission stop short. Um, one more time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Until next time, this is a loaf. Oot. Oot. Bye bye. Uh, <laughs>